This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Crange. Who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. Welcome back to the best wrestling podcast in the world. I am Joe. He is Rich. Everybody probably got nervous because I opened up the show. Maybe they thought Rich wasn't here, but he is in fact here. Ah, Yeah, sorry. Sorry to, disappoint. Sorry to disappoint. Sorry to disappoint. I am actually here, though. So, and this is the Voice of Wrestling flagship podcast. Is this presented by my bookie this week? Joe, it is not presented this week by my bookie. It is an ad-free show this week. So all that means well, is, is we're going to hit you over the goddamn head with Patreon ads. So that's the way it's going to go. But it is officially a host-read ad-free show this week. I can't uh, can't speak to pre or post or mid rolls, but host-read ad reads not happening today. Well, it's presented by my bookie now. So, uh, too late. It has already been said. They get a freebie. Damn. Uh, uh, no, we'll charge them. We'll, we'll, no, we'll invoice them. No ad read, though. Um, what this is, though, is a loaded show. There is no time whatsoever for off-topic banter. If we wanted to, we could go an hour on Old Hoss Radburn. You go an hour on Old Hoss Radburn, Absolutely. right? Why? Well, I... <laughs> so, we're not talking World Be Free. That's not happening? Well, you're stepping all over my intro. Okay, I was about, I was about to, to say I have I have a lot of I have a lot of pages open, so just making sure. I said we can go an hour on World Be Free if if we wanted to. I mean, you could easily do yes, that, correct? Absolutely, certainly for sure. There's no time for any of that shit because we have about 19 different topics here, so we've got to stay the course the way we intended to last week, but then did 45 minutes on utter bullshit, <laughs> right? But we have to stay the course this week because we have even more stuff to talk about this week. And there is no chance in hell that if we go down some baseball reference wormhole, okay, to talk about Josh Gibson or something, that we're going to get to all of these topics. Yeah, this it's, week in particular. Th- this week in particular would be tough. With Rich, the, uh, don't do I'm it. I'm just saying with the inclusion of the Negro League stats. Don't there's a lot do of, it. I, you there's, can't do it. I know. There's now... a lot of cool Papa Bell we could be talking about. I, I know. I, we can't. We can't. We cannot. Don't even bring these things up, because as soon as you bring these things up, <laughs> you know what's going to happen. So you can't tempt me to start talking about these. I, I'll do an hour on Satchel Page if you want. I can do that. There is no time. So what we need to do is stop bringing these things up entirely and just jump right into a wrestling topic. I think that's the only way that this this can be done. For this week, though, I mean, right? Because I, I don't want to lose that for in the future. No, this week. This packed. week. This week. You're right. I will not. This is more I'm topics. Done. I'm done. This is more topics than we've ever had. I'm not going to ask you how your day was. Quite frankly, I don't care. <laughs> I don't really give a shit either. <laughs> you know, so we just have to get right to the wrestling. No sports from the 1920s. No, you know, Halloween candy, 
none of that shit. So wonderful I'm Christmas taking, time. We're not going to talk about wonderful Christmas time. No wonderful Christmas time. Maybe next week if there's a show. As per tradition, we will bury wonderful Christmas time. Well, I always bury it. I can't remember if I know. I fucking hate it too. No, it's fucking miserable. Paul McCartney. Wonder, no, see, we're doing <laughs> see, it again. Sorry, stop. It's, stop. <laughs> stop. It just cannot Dragon happen. Gate. Talk about Dragon Gate, Joe. <laughs> so maybe next week. Programming note. We don't know if there's a show next week. Maybe there'll be a show. Maybe there won't. We do know in two weeks it'll be the big Wrestle Kingdom preview. We do that every year as well. So unless there's some huge news, that entire show will probably be dedicated to previewing Wrestle Kingdom. Maybe next week we can talk about the worst Christmas song of all time, Paul McCartney's Wonderful Christmas Time, as we do every single year. Rich, none of that this week. And and, and listen, Rich is silent because he's afraid to speak. <laughs> and he knows we've got to get right to it. We're already eight minutes in. Okay, see what we've done? We've talked about nothing, and we still have burned eight minutes of this thing. It really is incredible. So let's get right into it. Uh, first, I think the best place to start See, people probably thought this was a gimmick. We're really getting right to the wrestling. <laughs> I, I still think it's a gimmick, so I, I, I'm not sure where you're going here, but but I am. Uh, I, I will wait for my orders. So, It's not a setup. I promise you we're getting right into the wrestling. We're going to start with the ratings. See? No gimmick. The raw ratings. All-time low. 1.527 million viewers and a .41 in the demo. Now, the all-time low to me isn't the, the biggest story here. They've hit many all-time lows this year. Uh, the big story here, obviously, is that Dynamite last week beat Raw. All three hours of Raw. And Raw overall in the 18-49. to 49. We knew this day was going to come. I don't think anybody thought it would come in December 2020. I think yeah, and that's. I'm still waiting. I'm still feeling like you're gonna turn the tables any second now. But I guess Rich, Rich swears I, I'm setting him up. I, <laughs> I just, I'm waiting for you to be like, did you know that in 1914? Uh, yeah, I'm waiting. But no, it's it's not happening. Okay, so I will talk about Raw. There we go. Listen, uh, listen. I am taking control of this show. You're being very okay. professional here, Joe. I don't. I just don't know how to handle it after after nine I'm gonna, years. I'm gonna, so. I demanded to open the show because, and without asking whether it was a. <laughs> well, whatever. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Which wasn't smart because I also feel like the energy is I get blamed for kicking it off the rails. So it is my mission this week to keep the show focused and to get to every single one of these fucking topics, all of them. There will be no overrun this, this week. Tie wearing Joe Lands over here. Super Even tie. though my overrun was just a superlative piece of audio last week. Patreon.com slash Voice of Wrestling if you want to hear all about Yusuke Okada exiting all Japan and the real world tag league final. Scummy and Pearl <laughs> Company. Yes. Scummy Pearl Company. The latest Puzzy. Scuzz, puzzy. The latest Scummy <laughs> Pearl works Company. Too. It actually works too. And I'm going to keep teasing it instead of saying what it is. The best match of its kind I've seen all year. A four and a half star match that's going to flirt with my top ten. Rich, do you now know what the match is? Don't I do, yeah, is. I do, I do, I do, but I will not spoil it for the folks. So I, I actually have not to... seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet, but um, I, I've heard good things, and, and I saw in our replies that pretty much everybody that ended up watching it on your recommendation all came away thinking it was incredible as well. So, yeah, is it crazy to you that on paper that's an incredible match? Um, yeah, no, I, I, I 
on paper it it reads to me like a hey this is a good little match and I'm you know I'm happy I watched it and 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 you know good effort by both you know participants not that you said it's going it, to flirting with your top 10 you know reading those two names is wild it just doesn't I can't believe it but uh yeah you had a, you, you turned a lot of people I I don't know if everybody else is maybe as high as you were on it but uh, the replies I saw a lot of people uh, were either hadn't seen it or were saying, yeah, dude, I watched it two weeks ago and I heard nobody talking about it. Like, I'm glad you saw it. I'm glad you finally saw it. So it was really cool uh, uh, to see that happen. But uh, patreon.com slash voice wrestling for that uh, that overrun, of course. All right, uh, Raw, Raw ratings. Did I think it was going to come this quickly? Did I think that Dynamite would be passing them in, in the 18 to 40, 49? Did I think they would be passing them in the demo? Did I think they'd be doing that? I really didn't. I, I, I honestly, I don't think anybody in the room, I'm sure AEW in the room, I'm sure WWE in the room, whoever pays attention to this stuff, I don't think anybody, and, and this is totally reasonable, and, and this isn't not having confidence, this isn't not thinking that you can do it, I really honestly don't believe anybody in that AEW room thought by December 2020, they would not even, blowing NXT away, not, NXT is a non-factor, like we talked about it three, four months ago, that NXT... They, they did not need to worry about competing with NXT on Wednesdays anymore. That was gone. That was done. That was over. That, that, and it has been over. And it hasn't even been close. And anytime people think it's close, it's actually, if you dig into the numbers, not actually close. But regardless of that, like, that I think was was goal number one. Okay, let's just, you know, get that first contract. Let's make sure that, you know, NXT doesn't sink us. And then we'll see what happens. But I, I, I honestly cannot believe that anybody in AEW thought by December 2020 we were going to be beating them. You know, pretty, not, you know, adults 18 to 49, 0.45 to 0.41. Like, not not slipping by, you know, with by a decimal point. Like, beating them in 18 to 49, I don't think anybody in that room could have expected it. And I, I didn't, and and I honestly, I, there's no way you, or anybody listening, really, I think could have expected this in December 2020 to be the case. I mean, there's a trend, obviously, and they're not going to beat them this week. They did a 0.32 this week. Yeah, right, right. Dynamite. Uh, so this was, but but just to catch them once. I mean, they've been catching them in some of these down card demos. I just made up that term. You like that down card I do. demos? I like yeah. They've been they've been beating them in some of these down card demos, and they beat them in a bunch of them uh, this past week, obviously. But um, you know, to beat them in the big demo, all three hours and as a whole, this quickly. I mean, that's notable. And you know, unless there's a change, of course, which obviously isn't coming, and it's pointless to even discuss with raw because it isn't coming i mean this is the show this is what it is it's terrible it's going to keep being bad um because that drastic change isn't coming then you know we know raw is going to continue to decline because the show is terrible it's objectively terrible at this point nobody likes the show have you listened to reviews around the wrestling world of raw i did whether it's yeah this is wrestling or, (laughs) or brian alvarez or Dave Meltzer or literally anyone, nobody likes or defends the show anymore. So I can't imagine this is going to reverse course. No, I, I, you know, actually, one thing I, I, I did this week. So usually uh, after a raw, I, I do not sit down like you do and watch, you know, three hours of World Wrestling Entertainment's Monday Night Raw uh, every single week. So usually what I'll do is the day after I will listen to the Observer Radio. I wake up in the morning, listen to the Observer Radio, kind of, you know, see, see what they thought of the show and then maybe pick and choose, you know, some stuff on YouTube or, you know, stuff like that. That happens 
pretty much never at this point anymore. I basically listen to them and go, oh my god, this sounds horrible, this sounds horrendous. Uh, this week, though, because I saw the tweets and I saw people responding of, uh, of how negatively this Raw was, what I ended up doing was listening to the post-wrestling uh, uh, review of Raw that they do. And and they do a tremendous job. And like there's there's a bunch of times where I'll go in and listen to them and and, and stuff, or I'll listen to both Dave and Brian, and then I'll listen to the post guys. I'll listen to John and Way. Uh, this week I did not listen to Brian and Dave. I just listened to post wrestling. And the reason I did is because usually those guys are your your glass half full type guys. They're not WWE cheerleaders. They're not going to go out of their way to say, oh my god, this. But they will usually say, okay, look, this show sucks, but here's the silver lining. This show was horrendous, but they're doing this or they're doing this and it's great. And, 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 and whatnot. Like, that, you know, where Dave and Brian is like, it'll pretty much instantly get into this thing is fucking terrible. This thing is off the rails. This thing fucking sucks or whatever, which is what it really is. I mean, let's be honest. It absolutely is. But I, I like the, obje- the objectivity of the post-wrestling guys to try to find the silver lining. To try to say, okay, here's what was good about this Raw, despite all the bad stuff. This week, it was like, I, I think you put it up on Twitter. It sounded like a funeral with those guys. They, there's no... They, we are post an analyst. Uh, we're, we're post analyzing raw. We're post reacting to raw. We we have reached in, and I'm not using that you know for lack of a better term. I mean that like there is just no point anymore. And those guys are, are evidence of it. Is they're just basically saying this happened, this happened, this happened. Okay, that was raw. There's no need to say, well, what if this? Or maybe if Ricochet does this? Or if this guy... Did, we are past that with Raw. We are past that with WWE. There is no... And, and, and we talk about it all the time. We'll talk about it when we preview TLC a little bit later. We don't go on rants about Raw anymore. We don't go on rants about WWE anymore. It's just not worth it. There's no rhyme or reason to anything that happens. Nothing matters. There's, there's nothing to analyze. It is the whims of a... Of a, of a, <laughs> a it is the whims death of, a door. Ring, of, of a deranged octogenarian. <laughs> that's a perfect way to say it. I think that's what you've used before. I tried to say just yeah. completely out to lunch, completely maniac old man. But yeah, a, a deranged out to lunch octogenarian. Like he has, there's no, what happens one week doesn't matter. This person can, can win we this not, week. And, and let me, let me slip in with this too. Can we not let Bruce Pritchard off the hook? Oh, he stinks. horrible. Just awful. He, he brings nothing to the table. He's horrible at his job. He is horrendous. And the fact is, if he didn't have that podcast with Conrad Thompson that put him back on the map, Vince wouldn't even have been interested in him yet. We've been down this road. All right. He's, he's horrendous. He brings nothing to the table. The only thing Bruce Pritchard is good at is writing television that appeals to the audience of one. Yeah, in the room, it's probably a lot easier these days to get Rod out there because, yeah, no one's fighting him. No one's challenging Vince. It's just, here you go, Vince. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Yeah, but it, it it's dramatic. I mean, there there is just no rhyme or reason to what happens. Wins and losses have not mattered forever, but now, like, really, literally, they they I, I think they don't matter for a, a second. They don't matter for or, or any moment at any point. A losing streak, a heel turn, a face turn, a, 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 a push. Like, it's just none of it. None of it matters. Like, even look at what we talk about TLC, even the fucking Lana thing, which everybody said, okay, they're putting through her through a table every single week because there's going to, the payoff is going to be that Lana will do whatever. She'll put her through a table. She'll do that. She'll do whatever. She wins via banana peel and then gets beaten up and taken out of the match at TLC. And it's like, even that, even that. A horrendous storyline like the Lana thing that at least anybody from a mile away can see, okay, well, at the end of the day, this is what they're going to do because that's just what they do. They don't even do that. 
they forgot to do that too, or didn't care to do it, or just gave up. It, we're 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 at this point now where I, I feel I really honestly feel for these guys. I feel for your 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 Dave and Bryans. I feel for your John and Ways. I feel for anybody who has to come on here and and, and literally make do audio about Raw. I, I don't know how you do it other than just well we were well here's the thing, you and I were able to punt it a year ago, yeah, a year and a half ago because our livelihoods don't depend on it. Our you know we will still eat if we don't cover raw. I mean, our listenership doesn't even drop. We talk to a different audience. Yes, they don't care anymore. So these other outlets have an obligation to continue doing it. And I see where you're coming from because it's, they don't want, you can tell that these people don't want to talk about it on a week in week out basis. Brian Alvarez hasn't wanted to review raw in years, years. This man has not wanted to do this. And Dave always, Dave Meltzer always tries to be, you know, the the other side of the coin, or he at least tries to defend things. And even he this week was like, "I wish I watched anything else that was good, <laughs> other than raw." And he never has that. No. And, and like I said, Post was like a funeral. Yeah. And these are the guys who, these are the kind of guys who, you know, try their best to see it through a positive lens. It has officially broken everyone because it's just horrendous, terrible television. I, I honestly, it's like I don't even consider it wrestling anymore at this point. I don't know what it is, but it's it's not wrestling. And just, you know, getting back on track with the ratings, I think that's why the ratings are only going to get worse because there's not going to be a change in course. They haven't made any stars. No one cares about any of these people. There's no reason to invest in any of these people. And uh, and the show is just – the show is horrendous. I mean, maybe when if fans come back, if the – once everyone has the vaccine or whatever and, and – you know, maybe that'll bump them a little if it's done in front of fans, but it's not going to solve the core problems of the show, which is the show is terrible and the viewers will go away again. So AEW catches them for the first time. That's a notable story. And they'll probably continue catching them every now and then. It's not a trend yet. It's not even close to being a trend. Um, AEW has to hit a settle point of, the, of being in the fours before that can become a trend and they're Based on this week, they're not there yet. I have a very intense and deep breakdown of the AEW ratings this week. I think it's very easy to do surface-level analysis of the number this week and and just easily say, oh, well, they didn't retain anybody from the last two weeks. That's that poor job out of them. But I think that's a lazy surface-level take. And I'm not going to give away what I said behind the paywall, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling. But if you've been paying attention to the uh, wrestling television landscape, you know that you really can't draw any conclusions off of this week uh, based on the way that both NXT and NXT was first, to be fair, and AEW are now structuring the way that they do their TV. The only uh, We're not really going to know whether AEW lost their audience over the last two weeks or not until that December 30th show, part one of the New Year's Smash. If you want to know my reasoning behind that, and uh, I do about 35 minutes of audio on this, uh, you can subscribe on the $5 tier. Listen to Thursday TV reviews. You should be doing that anyway, because uh, it's the first audio breakdown of the Wednesday night ratings on the planet every week. No one does an audio breakdown of the ratings uh, before we do behind the paywall here at voice wrestling. So um, I had a very detailed argument that I laid out. I'm not concerned about the drop this week for dynamite. Rich, do you have an opposite take or are you also more, 
wait and see, or do you think that they blew it and they lost their whole audience? I, yeah, I don't think they blew it and lost their whole audience, but I, I, I don't like seeing a drop like this. That, that it does, it does kind of irk me a little bit. It does kind of make me, if, if I'm in the room, I kind of go, ah, man, that that stinks. Like, cause it did feel like for those last few weeks, and particularly in the last two weeks, it was like, all right, boom, we have momentum, and then you get Monday where where they beat Raw, and it's like, oh, here we go. Let's, you, you know. It's going to ebb and flow. It's always going to do that, and 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 that's something that I think we all have to kind of get used to uh, in in this. And and the same thing happened with Nitro too. Like right out of the gates, Nitro won, and then a bunch of times, you know, Nitro would beat Raw, and then like Raw would win, and then they 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 basically traded back and forth for almost a year straight before Nitro finally then you know got things together and 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 beat them for you know the the eighty three weeks or whatever. But it, it's still it's a little disheartening to see it drop as much as it did. I think I I don't know it. It's just to me. It's not, it felt like they had so much momentum and they were so hot for like two weeks, and it just felt like, oh man, here we go. Like they're these new people, these people that came in, the people that came for Sting or whatever, presumably new people. Like they're gonna, they're here and they're they're gonna stay. And 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 you know, they didn't. And and I'm not saying you know if it becomes a trend, then obviously yeah, then then we can have a bigger conversation about it. But still in the room, I'm a little. I'm not like you know, I'm not throwing things and not going, what the hell, oh my god. But I'm definitely saying, ah, damn, like. That stinks. Like we did have a nice little run here, and 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 maybe you know we thought that was going to be the beginning of this run, and it, it, it's not. It was just a you know a little two week blip. We're kind of right back to where we were, but let's let's see then what we can do. You know, uh, the next few weeks, and 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 obviously next week is going to be tough with the twenty third. That's going to be an issue uh, going no, that, later. Yeah, I mean that that's done. Week, that's done. You just next week you just throw it out. It doesn't matter. Next week is just you do as as best you can and hope for the best. But next week does not matter at all. Yeah, the, it's the th- it's the thirtieth, and then what's the you know the when after that is January sixth. January sixth, yeah, it's, it's going to be your big ones for sure. They're both, uh, uh, you know, the New Year's Smash shows. Snoop Dogg on the sixth, Jericho on the thirtieth, Kenny Omega versus Phoenix on the thirtieth for the title. Um, you know, so it's like I, this week doesn't. I don't have enough information just based on this week. I. Look, you knew this week was going to be down. And then when I watched the show, I was positive this oh, week yeah. was going to yeah, be down. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I tweeted it out last night. I mean, you know, and, and then I tweeted it out again today before the ratings came out. You know, so it's like I think anyone who follows this stuff closely expected it to be down this week. So they didn't load up the show. You cannot load up the show every mm-hmm. single week. That doesn't mean you punt. And I don't think they punted. Just what they did didn't work, and the right. show didn't have any energy. Is, is there? It happens. Yeah. Is is there going to come a point though? I think the real when when we know that the thing has turned and and they've really gained momentum is when you do have ho hum shows like this that that do well or, or or you know stay the course or don't drop. I mean, that that is to me maybe I'm a little concerned if I'm if I'm AEW in that sense of like okay our loaded shows are shows that we clearly put muscle behind. Those what we know what to do now. If we put muscle behind a show, we put Shaq on it, we put Sting on it, we put Kenny Omega, we put a big title match. We yeah yeah yeah. We know what we can turn. Those we can get people to watch those shows. The big you know shows. We can get you, you know why I don't buy that the, that the momentum's dead, and it could be because if I'm twelve thirty and one six, they do point three twos again. I'm on board. Right. I'm just waiting for more evidence. Okay, just to be clear. But you know why I don't buy it, and I'm going to explain to you why. You know when NXT does Halloween Havoc or their other various specials on Wednesdays, and they always pop a number. You know, relative to what they usually do, they yeah, always pop right, a big right. number those weeks. And then what happens the following week every single time? Yeah, plummets. Plummets right back to where they started. AEW did Winter is Coming two weeks ago. And the next week they went up. They not only didn't lose anybody, they gained viewers. And they didn't exactly load up the show the same way they did the week before. Rich, the, the main event last week was MJF and Orange Cassidy. No Cody. No, uh, you know, uh, no Omega. 
no bucks in that main event. MJF versus Orange Cassidy. So now look, last week's show was a better on paper lineup than this week's. But th- that to me is where I can't say with confidence that this is the end of the momentum because last week they went up. This show just had a lineup that didn't appeal to people on paper and then a show that that lacked energy and people didn't like. I'm watching this show last night and I'm thinking to myself, there's a million opportunities for people to change the channel watching this show because there's no energy and it isn't very good. They had a dud. It happens. But I, I don't have enough evidence that suggests to me that their momentum is dead. I'll know on the 30th of December and on the 1st of January. And in reality... That's still too small picture. We'll know in six months. You know what I mean? We'll know in a year. But I can't come on this podcast and talk to people in those terms. I can't say, ah, I don't have a take until June. Talk to me then. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, it doesn't work like that. So, you know, it's, it's you know, but that that's my take so on it. Unfortunately, not our business. Yeah, that, that business kind of stinks. The, hey, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll check it out in a year, and then we'll analyze these ratings war in a year. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. but I mean, it's not gonna work. I don't want to. I don't want to give away my entire talking point. It's behind the paywall. Patreon.com/slash Voices of Wrestling. Um, it, it's the reality of how the television wrestling business operates today, and you already know without even listening what I said behind the paywall because we've been talking about it for weeks, Rich. Right. But um, you know that's kind of the direction I went. Let's uh, circle. Uh, we'll not circle back because we're done with Raw, but move forward and talk about Impact. Because this week on Impact, 177,000 viewers, 0.04 in the demo. So basically, they fell all the way back to their mm-hmm. pre-Kenny Omega numbers. A little bit up on Axis by ten or 15,000 viewers versus two weeks ago. The demo was right where it was. But interestingly, on the Twitch stream, okay, it was averaging about 14,000 viewers from start to finish, and it popped up about 1,000 viewers for both the main event and the Kenny Omega angle at the end. Um, so second week in a row that the Twitch stream is way up. Now, they didn't do 55,000 viewers like they did two, we- uh, two weeks ago, but the 15,000 viewers they-, they did this week is still significantly up from the usual 800 to 3,000 that they do before this angle started. So – the TV is basically back to where we started, but the Twitch is still up. And for the second week in a row, people didn't just drop in for the Omega segment. They watched the whole thing. Do you have any read on this? Yeah, it's 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 really strange. Yeah, I don't understand why you would get Yeah, I don't know why the Twitch people would hang around more than than uh your, your TV folk. I I guess maybe like you could say that I don't know. Is it like your game, your your younger demographic that's into Kenny Omega? Those people hung around, and your kind of died in the wool old school wrestling fans didn't. Hang, I, it's so weird. I I don't I I don't know. I honestly. So maybe I see this angle. So maybe the typical wrestling fan who watches wrestling on TV, they got a taste of Omega and Impact. They had enough. They're not coming back again. Or maybe they will now that the match has been announced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and maybe the younger viewer who is a more of a hardcore diehard Kenny Omega fan who's more apt to be watching the Twitch stream mm-hmm. versus Axis TV. I you know what there could be something to that. But I also think it's interesting that both weeks all of the viewers they've gained they watch the whole thing, which has to be a positive for impact. For sure. They, uh, it, yeah, I, and I don't know why. Like I'll be honest, like having watched awful. the last few weeks of impact, I don't know why. Like if I'm them, I you know, I'll put it on in the beginning and if I don't see Kenny right away, 
I, I probably say, all right, well, I'll uh, I'll come back in on an hour, and then probably pretty much assume that he'll maybe be in the last segment uh, of the show. And and that's actually a very interesting thing that Impact is doing because they are kind of they're you know the the first week they hid Kenny obviously until the final segment of the show. They teased it and teased it and teased it, and then held him to like you know the final segment of the show. Uh, this week was a little bit interesting, and and, and actually at the the pay per view was a little bit interesting too. They put little sprinkles in there every so often. And and that's smart of them. Uh, it's it's not top a very good hour, TV show. They did, they did top of the hour and then end of the show. Yeah, so that that is that's smart. It obviously lets you know lets me know that they understand that there are those fans that are that are and and they want them to check in for the entire show. Which again, that's really good. I mean, to me, that that is that shows. It, that's a positive in of itself is that, yeah, you maybe aren't getting those tons of fans. They aren't kind of hanging around like they were, you know, a few weeks ago, or they're not going to stick with it with impact, but the ones that you did retain, the new fans that you did have are watching the entire show. And, and, and presumably, you know, if you know how to book a wrestling show, you would then be able to get, you know, new guys over and, 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 and get them actually interested in your entire program, not just Kenny Omega, which is obviously the end goal and what you want to do, uh, you, you know, when it's all said and done and, and, and we'll see, I mean, it remains to be seen, how they're you know how they're going to do that or if they're going to do that. I, I I do think you know putting them in a big match pretty quickly. You know doing doing you know singles matches, having them go for the title, having them be an interesting part of the show. You know moving forward should help that. And 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 obviously when those big matches do come, you hope that those numbers do spike up and keep going. But it is it is a little disheartening again if I'm Impact similar to, to AEW. I, I'm in the room and I go, man, we're 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 kind of we lost a lot of people again. Like those people uh, did not hang around. And 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 you know I honestly don't blame those people that didn't hang around. I get it, but now it just lets me know, okay, we, we know that when Kenny is doing an important thing, people will watch, and the next time we're going to put Kenny in a big spot, the next time he's going to be in a big match, we got to bring our A game. We have to put together a great show because we have to, have to, have to retain those fans because I truly believe they will come back. They're going to come back for Kenny. You know, you well, know, he's, doing a ma- he's doing a match at Hard to Kill. That's what so. I mean. They're, they're not done. Like they, they, I think that they will watch when he's there, and, 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 and that is going to be the key, and that is when he does come back, and those fans do rewatch and they, and they and they watch Impact again because there's a big Kenny Omega match, there's a big Kenny Omega moment or whatever. It is so key and so paramount for Impact to put their best foot forward and not do, you know, I think what they've done over the last few weeks, which to me have been horrendous, horrendous TV shows. I I, I think we'll talk about this pay per view in a bit. I thought it was awful. I thought the TV show has been awful too. Um, they're not. I mean, they're not retaining me as, as a wrestling fan, uh, and I can't imagine that they're retaining many other. Uh, you I'm know, watching. Fans. I'm I'm watching it for this. For, for the flagship. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, if, this, if we weren't doing this, there's no chance in hell I'd, I'd watch again. No, I'll be honest. I wouldn't be paying attention. Now, I, I, I'd show up for the match. So at the end of this impact, they set up Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers versus Motor City Machine Guns and Rich Swan. Um, that's for Hard to Kill on the 16th. Now, final resolution, as we said, having Kenny on the go-home show, it was such a terrible go-home show that I don't think it mattered. But it didn't matter anyway because impact is going to impact – and Impact Plus shit the bed that night, and they ended up giving the show away for free anyway. So they didn't make, they haven't made any money on Kenny Omega yet, other than maybe some buys on Fight, because I think the show was on Fight as well. And if you bought it on Fight while everybody else was watching for free on Impact Plus, kind of a slap in the face. Um, but he'll be on Hard to Kill. I believe it's another one of these Impact Plus specials. So if they can get their streaming service working properly and actually attempt to make some money off of this, I think, you know, I, I don't, I couldn't even, I need to know what their baseline is before I start estimating how many more buys they're going to do. Right. But I would think that there's some hardcore elite slash Kenny Omega fans who are going to find a way to watch this. And if that's the case, some of them are going to pay for it. Um, you know, so good on them for making the match. And there's a lot of people who think 
Swan is going to beat Omega in that match to set up a singles match. I don't know about you, but if I'm Tony Khan, nobody in Impact ever pins Kenny Omega. No. I think people are out to lunch. I think people are nuts. And I don't think there's any chance that Rich Swan is ever beating Kenny Omega. What do you think? Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I, th- I think that something will happen to build that singles match because that's clearly the way to go. And, and I mentioned it the, the the night of that. That's absolutely what I would do is is, is have you know Omega go to Impact, beat Rich Swan for that title. Um, one hundred percent. What what I what needs to happen and needs to get there. But I'm not pitting Kenny Omega on the way there. That that cannot happen. I no. whatever way. There's a lot of other guys in this matches. There's a lot of other finishes you can do in you know American wrestling. But there is no chance in hell that Kenny Omega will get pinned and, and and should get pinned. That would be that'd be ludicrous on all fronts. And 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 Kenny and Khan and everybody would be right to say fuck off. We're not doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like fuck this whole when you, fuck when everything. You if you if if that, if that, if that's gonna be the sticking point, then fuck off. We're done. Go. Back to being whatever you are, Impact. Like honestly, yeah, that, no, it's really wait. that. Mu- it's that level for me, given what they've done with Omega over the last you know, six months. Because Impact's because Impact's getting more out of this anyway. So why would they get that too? I mean, when you get into these relationships, one promotion always has the high ground. It's why New Japan has bullied all the promotions in Japan to the point that none of them will really want to work with them anymore. You know, like when when Tanahashi went and ate up Hiroshima in that match in DDT. Um, or was it Takashita? Which no, one I, think it was, I think it was Hiroshima. It was Hiroshima. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, never even came close to getting his win back. I think he went back into the tag match and Hiroshima pinned a young boy. I forget which young boy it was um, at that point in time. But, but usually one promotion has the high ground, and in this case it's obviously Dynamite. There's no fucking way. I can't see any scenario where it's a good idea for anyone in Impact – to beat Kenny Omega. Well, especially especially this company. We'll, we'll talk about it when we talk about Final Resolution. But, like, they're just... I mean, Andrew Sinclair wrote about it in his column this week on, on VoiceOfWrestling.com as well, that, like, you, you combine Final Resolution with this TV show, and I think 10 out of the 11 matches had, like, shitty finishes and, and bullshit finishes and run-ins and, and DQs and all this sort of stuff. So, yeah, the idea that, like, Rich Swan is going to pin Kenny Omega and Impact Wrestling, given, you know, how they book and, and, and the style of finishes that they have, I mean, that, that's absolutely ludicrous. There's, there's no way in hell... And and it's just it makes absolutely zero sense. You have you have Doc Ellis out there. You have DQs. You have you, you know whatever. There is a, a thousand other scenarios that I could go through first before I would have Rich Swan pin Kenny Omega. I mean that you, you you cannot do that ever. No, you could have Swan beat Gallows or something, or you know, or have Omega, you know, hit Shelly with the one winged angel, and then Swan just steps up to him. I mean, there's a million different ways to get to it. So I don't know. I don't buy that at all. I'd be I'd be very surprised. It was it was uh, Yohei Komatsu. It was Yo. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. It, it, T- Tanahashi beat Hiroshima. He really ate him up. Remember, it <laughs> was like, a, an incredible match, by the way. He, 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 it wasn't just heel Tanahashi. It was just like asshole. It Tanahashi. was like, like legit shoot asshole Hiroshi <laughs> Tanahashi who thought he was beneath all this bullshit and this yeah, stupid I don't company. Be like, here. Yeah. I'm beneath this. I don't want to be here. This match stinks. I don't want to wrestle you. I don't know who you are. And then he came back two months later. And it was Hiroshima and Ken Oka. Remember Ken Oka? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't talked about Ken Oka probably since he was teaming with Kai. And they were doing like the Dean Ambrose dirty white <laughs> yeah, Remember? I do. And, Vividly um, remember that. It was Hiroshima and Ken Oka. And they beat Tanahashi and Yohei Komatsu. And um, trust me, folks, Tanahashi didn't eat that pin. So uh, that, that's how that went down. Remember the whole Ken Oka revolution and this guy was going to be a – 
gigantic star and all that. <laughs> I don't. That I don't remember that. <laughs> well, the the Oka Kai team was like we would rip on it weekly for being just a couple of geeks. We got a lot of geeks. shit for that. I do remember that. Oh my god, we got so much shit. It was just a geek team. It was the low point of Kai's career, absolute low point of Kai's career. And Oka is still just a total non-entity. I don't even. I couldn't even. I, he must still be in DDT because. It's the only promotion I really don't watch at all, so it would make sense that I never see him. And, oh, uh, um, Jay Michael in our chat room brings up a great point, too. Remember, he buried Harashima and DT in his promo afterwards to the point where you're like, all right, buddy. Like, oh, yeah. It. We get no, it. Like, you're a heel. And it's like, nah. That's, I think it was the, because I thought the match itself was awesome. And I was like, man, Tanashi's working great heel. But then getting on the mic and being like, this company's stupid. This shit sucks. I'm out of here. was like, oh, okay. Like. Yeah. This guy really doesn't want to be here. Like, shoot, does thinks this is beneath him. So, and it's not like he was wrestling a nineteen-year-old Tetsuya Endo. He no, my God, like, he was wrestling. Yeah, he was wrestling fucking Hiroshima. The like, guy, like, yeah, the guy, like the veteran guy, like his equivalent in DDT is. I mean, I think that's fair to say, um, or the closest thing to what his equivalent would be. But um, yeah, getting back to this. So yeah, I mean, look, Impact lost a. Look, you, you had to figure that 55,000 people weren't going to watch the Twitch stream again. And you had to figure the TV was going to drop. I mean, but they haven't lost everyone by a percentage basis. The Twitch is still up like 120% from what it was two weeks ago. And, you know, the TV is up from what it normally does. Remember, this was still the 177 is still a slightly bigger number than the 166 from a couple weeks ago. And it's a bigger number than what they do a lot of weeks on Axis. So it's not like everyone um, went away. This week, again, we're curious because now they've shot an angle for a match. So will people want to see the follow-up to that? We have a month to build to the match. Here's the bottom line. This is the second week in a row we're opening up our show talking about impact and impact television ratings. And we're not the only ones. So – we talked about this with AEW. There's a benefit to just being at the top of the news cycle, right? A sort of a hidden benefit that's not tangible. Same for Impact. This this shit wouldn't be on. When, when have we ever talked about Impact ratings post like 2014 or 15? I don't know if we ever talked about Impact ratings. To be honest, like we we would you know we talked about Impact obviously throughout the, its entire history and the matches and the shows or whatever. I honestly. Legit do not remember ever talking about impact ratings other than maybe laughing at when, like, you know, when they moved to Destination America and they were no longer on, you know, Nielsen or, or when they moved to Access and were no longer – like, that is – honestly, never, like, in-depth in, in breakdown of, 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 you know, impact ratings. I honestly can't remember any time that we did that. So I think there is, you know, a, a non-tangible value to being in the news cycle and having shows like this talk about it. And, um, you know, having, I mean, forget us. And it's not just us. Impact ratings are popping up on Twitter feeds of reporters and news sites. When has that been the case? Again, in the last seven, eight years, really, since they left stations that were tracked by Nielsen, nobody has given a shit about impact ratings or how they're doing on television. And now all of these reporters and news sites are on top of it and tracking it on a week-in, week-out basis. Isn't that worth something? Oh, it's definitely, I mean, reputation-wise, they, they, they've certainly, you know, for, for better or for worse, like, people are, are are more aware of, you know, current impact. And, and, and we remember, you know, when we talked about it uh, in, in the build of Takeni Omega, you know, uh, arriving there, 
you know, for the first time is, is, you know, we, we, we put up a tweet and, and, and we wanted, you know, people to say, Hey, are you watching impact this week? And, and, and if not, why? And, you know, you know, people responded, a lot of people responded with, you know, yes, I'm watching. And I haven't watched since Samoa Joe and sting, or I haven't watched since, you know, this time or that, you know, so th- there is definitely value to, to, you know, opening itself back up to the wrestling world because really, I mean, impact has been completely anonymous. Like, let, let, let's be honest. Like impact is completely anonymous to like, you know, Joe Q wrestling fan or whatever, you, you know, my casual wrestling fan friends that, that, you know, might watch and, 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 and text and stuff like that. They were not watching impact on a regular basis. They were, they were very unaware that impact still existed or, or, you know, if, if we would talk about it, the, the, the question would be more, Oh, impact, they're still, you know, who's even there anymore. What are they doing? Like it was that it was a completely anonymous wrestling product. And it's not right now. I mean, people are, like you said, people are aware of impact a little bit more. Our timeline, is more filled with impact discussion than it's been in in, in quite some time and and yeah news sites are picking it up and like you said sports you know are actually picking it up and and, you know big time you know tv rating websites and whatnot are are, are picking up and talking about it so no they've definitely like they've i mean from impact standpoint and from the moment this thing completely happened it's all been like beneficial to impact and 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 no maybe they aren't going to just completely transform their tv and, and gain a bunch of these viewers or whatever but honestly you gain any viewers you're better off than you were six months ago you you gain 5,000 viewers or whatever, right? You're way, way better off. You gain a, a X amount of social media followers, X amount of YouTube subscribers, X amount of whatever. Like, you're better. I mean, there was nothing else that that company was going to be able to do that was going to get them the level of publicity and and and, and maybe reputation boost that this has. So, yeah, from, from day one, whenever whoever's idea this was, you know, in the Impact HQ, yeah, dude, roll out the red fucking red carpet for Kenny Omega and AEW because you're only going to benefit from this. It, even no even if he eats them up. Even if he eats them up and he wins the title yes. and does all that sort of stuff. You are still... There's nothing else that Impact was going to do that was going to get them to this level, that, that whatever this level is, whatever this level ends up being, you know, in, in, in a month's time or two months' time or however long this thing goes. There's nothing else they could have done that is going to do, you know, short of signing CM Punk. You know what I mean? So something like something ridiculous or off the wall like that, you know, signing The Rock. We always bring that up. It's like, yeah, if you get Dwayne The Rock Johnson and they had, you know, they had the fucking The Rock on a pre-tape and it didn't matter. But like, you know, short of that sort of move, there's not much else you can do in wrestling today that's going to boost your reputation and boost your viewership, like you know, putting Kenny Omega in there and 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 having him be a big part uh, of your TV, and we're seeing that evidence at least a little bit here over these next few weeks. But yeah, I, I no, it, it 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 I'm happy, I guess I I'm slightly happy if I'm an impact, but I do wonder, you know, okay, l- what can we do to to really retain these viewers and really get these people to come back every single week, and 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 I think they can do it. It's not impossible. It's just going to take a lot of reworking of, of of the way that they present their wrestling because right now I think no, it's and terrible. it's. It, it's... And it's the kind of thing yeah, where, I guess, uh, whoa, impact, but I do... my bad. My phone just turned on our uh, YouTube feed, which happens once a week on the show. Um, it, it, the thing is, Impact is so far beneath AEW that AEW wrestler or wrestlers coming in and beating their guys, I don't even think that hurts them. No. Because they're so far apart uh, in in perception that I even think their own fans expect that. Do any of their own fans expect uh, you know, Rich Swan to beat Kenny Omega. I mean, it's just not going to happen. So, and you could do a bullshit finish there if you want. Who cares? It's on impact. So, um, that's that. So hard to kill. We'll see if you know if they can finally make some money out of this. And um, you know, for both companies, it just it every time you do an angle on one show or the other, I think the the hidden benefit to that is just keeping it in the news cycle. There's probably a good chunk of people listening to us right now who didn't watch impact haven't watched it in the last two weeks and they're hearing us talk about this six man tag. So that that's the hidden benefit right there. Um, 
we got to move this show along because we have to get to every topic. I'm determined. I'm taking it upon myself. Rich will not be responsible. I am taking responsibility myself to get to every topic. <laughs> so this is a perfect uh, time to squeeze in this final resolution uh, review since we're already kind of talking about impact. Makes no sense to bounce off of it and then bounce back into it. Um, here's the problem with this relationship. Two terrible television shows in a row and one of the worst – I don't know if you want to call it a pay-per-view because it was a Impact Plus special, but it was for sale on Fight. One of so we'll just call it a pay-per-view for. I mean, what are we? What else are we supposed to call these things? A special? Yeah, I, I don't know what the hell you call them. It's a it's a fucking pay-per-view. It's a pay-per-view. So it's not, Go for it. it's not one of their traditional big pay-per-views that's you know on your cable, but it, it's pay-per-view. I mean, you have to pay to watch it, right? So, well, you didn't in this case because they because Impact <laughs> they fucked up, yeah. <laughs> But, the, you know, as far as pay-per-views go, or major shows, whatever you want to call it, this is one of the worst of the year. I mean, this is right up there with any of the terrible WWE pay-per-views that we've talked about that have just been flat-out atrocious. This was a one-match show, Rich Swan defeating Chris Bay in the main event. And that match was okay. I mean, that match wasn't great. It was, okay. it was a very good match. I would say that. Um, a three and a half or something. What, what would you say about Swan and Bay? Uh, I liked it. I, I think it was a little too long. Um, it, it got a little long in the tooth, but yeah, I'd say three and a half, three and three quarters is probably about nice where I'm at. Which is a nice, nice, nice little, little match. Uh, Madison Rain said that is my match of the year. I was like, Madison, I think you need to watch more wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, your match of the year, I, Madison. I love you on commentary, but yeah, you gotta you gotta watch some more wrestling if that was your match of the year. No offense to uh, either Rich Swan or Chris Bay, but uh, yeah, not not quite uh, not quite Okada and Naito level there on a, a final resolution. So. Yeah, there's the thing about wrestling announcers. It's their it's their job to put the product over, but you have to be careful when you get when you go too overboard, it kills your credibility. Like there's ways to praise this match without calling it the match of the year. Yeah, you could say, "Wow, what an incredible match!" Oh, oh my God, one of you know what what a what a what a war, what an incredible battle by Rich. Like you can all that sort of stuff, but when you put it on the pedestal of match, that's like embarrassing. You know what I mean? Because it's like that's it's clearly not like you know. I don't you know think... what you're doing now? You're doing the Tony Schiavone. This is the biggest night in the history of right, our great right, sport right. deal, which became a meme, and even he knew it was ridiculous, but he just said it every week anyway. It's like. You, you just nailed it. If she just would have said, oh, what a phenomenal match, what a great main event, we wouldn't be even talking about this right now. But to call this the match of the year, it's it's preposterous, you know, and it's it's just proof that – and it just kind of ruins your credibility. But um, the rest of this show ranged from it was fine, that match was there, to some of the worst <laughs> shit you'll ever see in a pro wrestling <laughs> ring in your entire life. And that's the problem here. You only had one match that was halfway decent and one or two other matches that were like two star specials. And then everything else was like dud or negative star territory. Am yeah, I being too hard on this? Or no, no, no. There were a few matches that it was like I turned it off and was like, I gotta, I gotta do something else for a little bit and come back to this. And uh, this, this over the, this took me like the course of like four days to watch in, in total because a certain match would happen, and, and we'll talk about. It. There was, <laughs> it was a lot of the early matches too, which made it very difficult to finally watch the show. Is like you know, three out of the first five matches or whatever were like you know, I, I, I don't wear glass, you know, I wear contacts normally, but it's like. The the thing I was it was I was like rubbing my eyes afterwards. It was like you would take off your glasses, put them down, and like rub your eye type move. 
Like, that's what I was doing, essentially. Just like, what am I, why am I doing this? Why am I watching this stupid-ass show and these stupid-ass matches in front of no fans with their loud, weird ring? And I'm just wondering, what am I doing with my life? Like, why am I doing this? Just skip ahead of the, just skip ahead of the main event. Just go right to the main event. Watch the important matches. Watch maybe the final two matches. There was a a few matches. Yeah, there were a few that were just downright terrible. Like, some of the worst shit I've seen all year, to be honest. The the empty arena stuff is so much worse when the matches are terrible. Oh, yeah. The, the, the one match, okay, the match that I really honestly was like, what am I doing with my life? Was It, it featured two wrestlers I like in yeah. Hernandez and Falaba, but that was so fucking terrible, Joe. Yeah. You yeah, have Kira Hogan wow. as a special referee who's like fucking around the entire time. You have Tasha Steeles who's, who's, who's yelling the entire time on the, the entrance ramp or whatever. Or she was bouncing all over. The, and I was just like, what is going on? This is so bad. It only somehow lasted six minutes. But, like, them doing comedy or, you know, a, a special guest. It was so fucking terrible that I was just like, what am I doing? Why am I watching this shit? Here's the downside of the coverage we talked about. Because do you want to know what Impact is? I'm going to tell you what Impact is right now. It's raw without the coverage. It's just as bad, if not worse. It might be worse than Raw. I mean, it, it's so bad. I, I don't know how else to say it. It's horrendous. This show is terrible, and it wasn't an outlier. After the last pay-per-view or special or whatever, we vowed just to stop paying attention to Impact, remember? And it was only Kenny Omega that brought us back because we have to talk about it. We have no choice. Can't ignore this. Kenny Omega popping in and the biggest angle in wrestling. This is horrendous. The TV is horrendous every week. And this show was horrendous. I mean, Tommy Dreamer and Larry D. Oh, my God. What are we doing here? And, you know, Dreamer wins, so I guess Larry D is guilty of, a, of attempted murder. <laughs> right. This is, this is, this is Josh, like, <laughs> Larry D got pinned. And Josh Matthew goes, Larry D is going to jail. <laughs> I was just like, fuck yeah. off. Fuck. This is just as bad, if not worse, than Raw. Fuck you. God It's terrible. It. <laughs> you know? And don't get me started on the over on the totally overrated Impact Women's Division. You people will sit here and tell you that the Impact Women's Division is so great. What matches are they watching? Well, it wasn't wasn't what anyone on this show? <laughs> wasn't any match on this show? That's for sure. And the, the matches never deliver, and they're bogged down by the same awful, overbooked bullshit that the rest of the show is bogged down in. Havoc and Nevea defeat Sea Stars, oh. and and you know. I, w- I was hard on C-Stars last week. I said, I, I don't get it with them. People praise them, and I don't get it um, because I've never been impressed with them ever in, in on the indie scene. And now that they're in Impact, or at least are having this short run in Impact, I don't know what's going on with them. But the fact that they've been wrestling on Impact lately, I am confident in saying that the tall C-Star, Delmi, I believe her name is, yes. Delmi XO. Yeah, yeah, yeah Delmi. The taller she is the worst major league pro wrestler in the world. There is there is not a major league pro wrestler on this planet in a major league promotion worse than her. She is terrible. She can't she's unathletic. She doesn't know how to run the ropes. She can't even do the basics. How does this team ever get praised? She is the worst major league wrestler in the world. And I just watched the women's uh eight way in, in, in Triple Mania this week, which was a fucking train wreck. And we all know some of those women in, in, in AAA are horrendous. She's the worst current Major League Pro wrestler. That includes Lana, whoever you want to talk about. When Jinder Mahal comes back, 
if he ever comes, is he back from his knee injury yet? Uh, no, I don't believe so. No, the answer to that. I do not believe. Uh, whoever you want to bring up, Leva Bates. I mean, I'm talking shit tier territory here. She might not be worse than Leva Bates. That's a yeah. Let's I'm not. That's a bridge too far for me. Let let's. I, I don't. I, it's close though. She's it's really not bad. far off. Yeah, the team gets all the praise because Ashley Vox is like okay. She's like Vox replacement is okay. level. Yeah, and, okay. and 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 that's where all the the, the love comes because Delmi is fucking horrendous. <laughs> really bad. Yeah, I mean, when, when you where... look worse than Havoc and Nevea, that's really, I mean, you're, you're in, you're in rare territory there, but making Havoc and Nevea look like, you know, super workers. Oh yeah. They're not exactly wrestling Aja Kong and Bull Nakano. Over <laughs> right, <here>. but... <laughs> you know, even though they want to be, they're not exactly wrestling, uh, you know, even though Havoc fancies herself as that, it's like, you know, so, you know, when Havoc and Nevea look like the jumping bomb angels in there, you, there's a big problem here. I mean, this team is not good and Vox is fine. The thing with Vox is, like you said, I think you just said, a perfect replacement level wrestler. But next to this EXO, this Delmi EXO, she she well, they're sisters. Incredible. They're actually sisters too, I think. Well, Sea Stars is yeah. a play on words. I just making sure you knew. So, yeah, sisters, Sea Stars. It's whatever. <laughs> uh, they're not supposed to be fish. Is my point there? Um. Anyway, I I'm not gonna <laughs> harp on this. I mean, nobody cares that much about Sea Stars. Um, the, the, the point here is if you go on Twitter and people are ranting and raving about C stars on some BLP show or something, just know that it's bullshit. Um, so next up we had Caleb with a K love the gimmick. There's just a line with me. He doesn't cross. <laughs> yeah. I, right. I like the gimmick, you know, it's uh and Tennille Dashwood against Alicia Edwards and Eddie Edwards. Unfortunately, this match again, total, absolute useless shit. Well, the, the reason I think Caleb with a K works is because he's a fucking dork heel. Like there, you don't, yeah. you, there's no way you could root for this guy. He's an absolute dork. Like you, he, he, which is fine. Like I, I don't want cool heels. I like dork heels. There's a certain level. Like you said, there's a certain level to being a dork and he toes the line perfectly, which, which is, is, is it, there's an art form to it. There, there, you know, the Miz does not tell that line. He is, he is a dork to the point of annoyance. Where Caleb with a K is a dork to the point of like, you're like, yeah, that's actually kind of funny. That's, that's kind of unique or whatever. They kept this relatively short at eight minutes. So I, I wasn't, I honestly, like of all the matches on the show, this one I, I, I enjoyed. <laughs> it's the top half of the, of the, it was still bad. It wasn't good, but it was like definitely uh, in the higher end. Cause there was some real, real big shit coming up here uh, in, in a bit. Yeah. Caleb with a K, he just knows his role now. Yeah. He's just supposed to be a goof and he gets his ass kicked. But um, whatever. Hernandez and Falaba, you already buried that. Special ref Kira Hogan. Um, special timekeeper. Just quote-unquote comedy. Yeah, we're supposed to be. <laughs> we're supposed to be. This is what I mean. This is sub-Raw tier. It's, it's, it's wor- in many ways, Impact right now is worse than Raw. It's, it's Raw without the money. It's Raw without the production. At least you get like a good production. When you turn on Raw, when you turn on a WWE pay-per-view, um, at least you get some effort from that respect. At least you get, you know, mostly competent wrestlers. Work is not the problem. People know how to wrestle in WWE for the most part. It's the booking and all the other issues that we've talked about. Um, but, yeah, just completely unfunny in any universe comedy, just absolute garbage. Uh, Eric Young defeats Rhino. I mean, I thought this was average. It was fine. Two stars. I mean, what do you want me to say? All The only thing I can think of it here is when is Joe Doring going to wrestle? I'd like to see Joe Doring. Yeah, wrestle. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know why we're not 
seeing that. Yeah, I just really want to see Joe Doring versus Rhino, I guess, <laughs> instead of... I mean, this is fine. Like you said, perfectly replacement-level wrestling, but yeah, not, not anything that like I would ever think about or ever really want to watch again, so... And and one of the best matches on the show, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. They teased Joe Doring versus Jake something, or Cousin Jake, whatever his name is here. And I'm like, wow, that'd be a really cool match if Joe Doring is really back in shape, because he looks like he's back in shape, right? And you know, but the thing is, if it happens in Impact, it's just going to be a run-in fest. You know, this week's Impact, every match had a run-in. Yep. Who wants that? I, who enjoys that? Ask for it or wants it? I, I talked about it a few weeks ago. I, I don't know who. I don't know who the the Impact Wrestling fan is. Who who is the fan that 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 they they write the show and say, hey, this we're doing it for this fan. I guess if you're a fan of 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 bad. TV wrestling, bad WWE TV wrestling over the last decade. That I guess it appealed to you, but I don't know if I. I don't know if I'd, I. It seems like a tough. You know, that's. I don't know if that market is what I'm going to go for, given the uh, you know hemorrhaging of viewership going on on the other end, like that. But that's what it feels like to me. It, it, it feels like you said it, it, it's raw without the budget. It's 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 dollar store raw, and it's like don't be. Do- I mean, there's there's a million different ways that you can book wrestling. There's a million different ways you can present wrestling, and I, I'm not. I I don't know. Like I don't run a wrestling. Co- I can't say per, de- defend. I mean, there's ideas that I have if I was booking a show. There's ideas that I would do, and there's something that I would do. But like I can't speak for it. You know, I'm not in that room or whatever but the last thing i would do is hey let's do dollar store WWE variety show bullshit and, and and that unfortunately is what they think that they need to or that they want to do i have no idea why but they don't present anything that is in any way an alternative or any way that i i i honestly do not understand what fans they're trying to appeal to here there's nobody it must be nobody other than it's impact wrestling fans i guess fans of the company impact wrestling is is, is are, are the fans they're appealing to because i i cannot imagine anybody who would want an entire show of run-ins like they got on uh, this week so i don't know hey let's do raw but worse yeah right no yeah <laughs> like, yeah you know. so uh rohit raju of course as we as we and everybody else we can't even take a victory last i was gonna say austin everybody who's man, ever so watched pro wrestling ever could have predicted <laughs> So it wasn't Puma or Suicide. It was Manic, in this case, who defeats Heat Raju for the uh, X Division title. Again, perfectly competent two-and-a-quarter star match. Nothing worth discussing, honestly. Um, and then on TV this week, I – why bother? Um, <laughs> they do the thing with Chris Bay, right? Like, why is Chris Bay in the mix? He just lost the world title match, like, what are we even doing? No one cares. Uh, Deanna Peraza defeats Rosemary again. Ugh. The back end of this show at least was semi-competent compared to the first half of the show, which was just absolute irredeemable zero-star trash. So, uh, what do you want me to say? This is <laughs> That's a, a positive. <laughs> this is the much ballyhooed impact women's division, which I'm told is lighting the world on fire. It isn't lighting my world on fire. Um, Deanna Peraza versus Jordan Grace about four months ago was a really good match. Nothing else I've seen in this division is anything better than anything else that's going on in any other promotion in terms of women's wrestling. I think Impact's women's division is great. It's just shit people say. It's it's not from what are they watching? They're not. Well, they're not. I, I don't think they are watching is the point. They see they're, the names you know and, they, and they assume that, oh, yes, those people are good. They see a good roster on paper. I don't have an issue with the roster. It is a good roster on paper. But again, if it's booked into oblivion, like this one, like there was no reason 
to do that goofiness they did on the last pay-per-view. There's, there was no reason for Perazzo to lose the title to begin. We talked about this. You know, and, and I, I don't know. And this match wasn't anything special. You'll never remember a second of this match after we're done talking about it. Uh, Carl Anderson beats Ethan Page. Again, it was fine. I mean, but then the post-match was completely obnoxious with Ethan Page just going crazy. And the announcers, you know, oh, we haven't seen anything like this. This is, a, what, I don't know what's going on. In every, we see this crap after every <laughs> Yeah, for people that didn't see, you know, they, they lost, and, and, and Ethan Page is like, oh, no, oh, no, because the team's breaking up, and Ethan Page is leaving Impact, so he's like, I have Just a plan. over and over saying everything's fine. Yeah, everything's everything is fine. fine, everything is fine. He did. He said everything is fine, like, literally 26 times, and, and, and yeah, Subtlety Hammer because was, Josh was Alexander walked Exactly, because Josh Alexander walked out on him, you know, and so uh, the story here is Ethan Page has gone crazy, and he's gone, but Karate Man. His hilarious gimmick from the Indies hmm. um, has replaced him <laughs> on Impact. That's awesome. So cool. now we get Karate that's, Man. That's, a, that's an Impact. Definitely Man needs which, more comedy. Yeah, that's that's perfect. Yeah. Which, by the way, isn't even over on the Indies. <laughs> I mean, Karate Man versus Filthy Tom Lawler in Indianapolis <laughs> has a chance to win worst match of the year. No one cared, and it was terrible. And now he's bringing this shit to Impact. Look, Ethan Page is going to piss his career away because he's cynical and he, he just he's bitter about the business. He doesn't respect the business and not in a Rip Rogers kind of way. He just I don't know what his deal is. He's a guy with good size and a good look who can cut a promo and can wrestle when he's motivated. But he chooses this path. I, I don't get him and I never will. Yeah, I, I think he's a guy who who. I think he thinks different. I, I, I think he wants this business to be better than it is, or more interesting than it is, or more. But it's really not. It's like you know, like in a weird way, especially in America, it's just it's just not. Like it's not. You're not going to make a million dollars on the indies. You're not gonna. You know, get. It's just never how this this. Yeah, there, there's a lot of shit that goes on in American wrestling. There's a lot of bullshit and a lot of politics and a lot of dumbass shit. And and, and he seems to and in one breath hate all that stuff, and then in another breath also want to participate. In a lot of that as well, and it's just it's very weird. Yeah, like you said, I I, I don't understand uh, exactly where he's going, but yeah, you can't. I mean, he burns a lot of bridges, and at, at a certain point, there's not going to be anything more to cross. And 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 we're we're getting up to that point pretty quickly. If if and when he's done with Impact, and 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 probably you know shit talks them on the way out or whatever, it's like dude, there's nowhere really else to go. And and you know I, I agree. Like a lot of stuff that he complains about, like yeah, I, I I wish more guys got paid better. I wish guys could make a bunch of more money. I wish the Indies weren't so you know shitty and and annoying. But it's like it's fucking pro wrestling man like i agree this all the but you're not going to be the one that's going to change it you know it's not going to change in the next few years like this i was just going to say a lot of the thing a lot of the, the things he gets into and like i agree with him a yeah lot oh 100 100 he's he's not, not all the wrong. time he's like, not wrong yeah, about this a lot, a lot of times exactly a lot of times he's not wrong a lot of, sometimes he is i don't agree with the julian bullshit you know um jordan grace does that too with the trisha parker stuff it's like yeah we all don't we all know it's a work, but throwing it in our face and just completely treating it like a farce is not the way to go either, you know? And that's kind of what the karate man thing leans into. So, but a lot of his like gripes, I've sided with him and nodded along and said, you, he's on the right side of this one. And yeah, that guy's an asshole or this promotion fucking sucks. But I just, overall, he's just an enigma and I don't get it. And I I don't know. I think I, I just, I can't figure him out. I just, you know, I wish things could be different for him. I just don't, I don't know. Um, 
Yeah. And then Rich Swan and Chris Bay, which we talked about. Swan retained the title. It was pretty good. It was the only thing that was pretty good on this entire show. Um, and now I don't know what the idea is with Bay. Like I said on the TV this week, he beats Manic by DQ in a non-title match because Rohit Raju got involved and attacked Bay. And then Bay, like, is he going heel because he kind of under? He's like, hey, well, this is good for me because now I get a title shot. Right, right, because, right. Because technically, I win by DQ. But it's like they kind of have something with Bay, and it wasn't time for him to win the world title. But now it's like, is he going heel? That wouldn't be smart or good. And also, it wouldn't matter. So why are we even doing this? Yeah, exactly. But no, but, but he he is definitely, and, and that's what you know, Andrew Sinclair, who who you know his week, his column this week on Voice of Wrestling was all about Chris Bay and how you know. Impact is in such dire need of, of like finding anybody that's got a little bit of a juice, somebody that's a little bit new, someone that and and you know they've they, like someone like a Rich Swan. I think continue to push him. I would absolutely push him. Um, there's a few other guys on the roster as well. You know, depending on if Josh Alexander, I I, ha, I think he's really good, and I, I wish you know a company would get behind him a little bit more. And Impact, I think, could definitely get behind him uh, a little bit more. There's there's a few guys here and there. Rohit Raju, who I, I think is a really good character, uh, is a guy you can push. But then Chris Bay is is definitely one that like you look at his growth over the last year. Uh, you look at you know a lot of stuff that he's done. Like he is definitely a guy that I circle and I say, okay, 2021. Let's let's get the most out of Chris Bay. Let's let's utilize and and the next few weeks and months or whatever are a perfect time to say okay. There's going to be new fans watching that have no idea who Chris Bay is. They might have an idea who Rich Swan is. They might have seen some of these other guys that I mentioned, but they've probably never seen Chris Bay. Or if they have, they're just you know somewhat aware of the name. Let's present him as like a, a, a you know a guy on the rise, a next big star, and that sort of guy. I don't know if they're capable of doing that. That that's my one issue. And 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 what they've done over the last few weeks leads me to believe that maybe they aren't capable of, of doing that. But I cannot imagine sitting in that room and thinking, all right, well, what are we going to do for 2021 and not at the top of the list? You know, Chris Bay being one of the top guys you're looking at of trying to push and, and, and move to the next level because I think he's got the potential. And he definitely more so than uh, pretty much anybody else on this roster. I think has the potential uh, to, to be kind of a breakout star for them. But uh, I, I don't know if they see it the same way. I, I would hope they would, but who knows? All right. Well, let's go to New Japan. Uh, we've got two shows to talk about: the Best of Super Junior slash World Tag League Final with a match that a lot of people are calling a match of the year contender. And then the Super J Cup. We're not going to do every match on both of these shows. We don't have time for that. And I don't think a lot of these down card um, tag team matches um, deserve a lot of analysis anyway. Plus, the show is loaded. Plus, we've got some other New Japan things to get to. But let's start with this best of the Super Junior slash World Tag League final. And we'll start at the top of the card with the match everybody's talking about. As expected, Hiromu Takahashi defeats El Desperado in the best of super not yeah best of, i'm gonna keep getting confused with best of super junior and super jacob the uh, best of super junior final uh, great match i thought it was an excellent match i thought uh el desperado for a uh for a mid-level junior uh you know thrust into a spot that he didn't belong in thrust into the spot because ryu lee wasn't able to get in for the tour we have it pretty much confirmed that ryu lee would have been in the final uh, so this was a uh, this was a nice spot for a mid level guy like him to possibly elevate himself out of a mid level junior spot and possibly get elevated so he's no longer a mid level junior, 
Uh, but for a mid-level junior to be thrust into a spot like this, this where is a, a drinking game. Should I be participating in a drinking game here or not? Or just where, just... where a mid-level junior yeah. doesn't uh, really belong and 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 kind of throw. I thought he 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 crushed it in his opportunity to advance from being a mid-level junior. And uh, and if I were New Japan, in all sincerity, I think I would consider elevating him from being a mid-level junior into a guy who's uh, who's more of a uh, a top-level junior or a guy that you can uh, push as the junior, but. For a mid-level junior coming into a situation where, um, you know, he wasn't uh, supposed to be to begin with, I, you know, I thought he was tremendous here. So uh, what did you think of uh, top guy Hiromu Tanahashi defeating uh, mid-level junior El Desperado in this final? So if I'm hearing correctly, I just want to clarify before I move on. You you think El Desperado is mid-level junior, correct? He's been a mid-level junior his entire New okay. Japan career, and 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 he still is. By okay, the way. I just want to clarify because it was it was hard to kind of pick up on exactly what you were getting at there. So I'm glad I just kind of clarified it right there. All right, uh, who I'm also a gigantic fan of, by the way. Yes, everyone who's ever listened to this show knows that I have always been a gigantic fan of El Desperado. Um, have always put him over. And oh, by the way, Rich, what match about two three years ago before they ever hooked up? Have I been salivating for in the New Japan Junior Division that I've wanted that, to see in the same block in, until they finally did it? Because this wasn't the first time these guys have wrestled, obviously. But every time they do wrestle now, they deliver huge. And I clamored for this match, yeah. this match, for years and was annoyed when they weren't in the same blocks and the Super Juniors and everything else. So I love El Desperado. I knew these two guys would have incredible chemistry. Every time they hooked it up, they always have great matches. But now, because of a few assholes, I don't care if El Desperado main events the next six Wrestle Kingdoms. I am going to refer to him as mid-level junior until the end of time because I'm an asshole and I'm going to just keep doing it. <laughs> but the reality is, the reality is he legitimately is still a mid-level junior. Mm-hmm. We have the Wrestle Kingdom card. He's not even on it. Now, I understand they haven't shot the angle for the junior tag team titles yet. But if you don't think that match is curtain jerking, then you've got another thing coming. I'm giving him credit by calling him a mid-level junior. He's an opening match guy. He's a prelim dude in reality. Okay? But in the scale of the juniors, he's a nice little mid-level junior. Now, let me put the shtick aside, and then I'll let you talk about the match. I do honestly believe coming out of this match that they should elevate him. Absolutely. 100%. I do believe that. Yeah. I'm done with the shtick, okay? But they, they absolutely should elevate him. And I don't know that that's going to happen. But anyway, go ahead and talk about Yeah, I, I don't either. And that, that's I, I get why it's disappointing to a lot of people. You know, he's 36 at this point. They've shown no real desire over the last decade to push him beyond where he's at right now. He's, you know, I, I think we talked about it a few weeks ago. He's had, you know, four or five, you know, IWGP junior title shots in his entire career. Uh, there. I don't think that it might even, it yeah. might even been three or four. I forget exactly what it was. I mean, it, it, yeah. it's just the fact of the matter. And, and, you know, he's, he's, he's definitely his, the way that they see him. And it, it's the same, like we go through it with Tomohiro Ishii. We go over it with Roki Goto. Like people just don't, these guys, 
this company does not very often elevate older guys to that next level. You, you either come in fresh off your yeah. excursion and you're immediately pushed to the top, like Ocon or Jay White or that sort of stuff, or, or, or Okada or whatever, or you're just you've been there for a long time. Like Tetsuya Naito has been there for you know 15 years basically on on the cusp of, of slowly but surely working working his way up, working his way up, working his way up, and then you know 10 years or so ago they said okay now you're gonna take that next level, and then five years later it was like okay boom now now you're a, a full fledged main eventer. He didn't have to scratch and claw and and work his way there for a decade to, to get to the point where he was. Tomoro Ishii, they're never going to push him above where he is. You need to be okay with that. You need to be okay with the fact that Tomoro Ishii is going to peak at the never open weight title, and that's it. He's never getting an IWGP title run. He's never winning a G1. He's never I mean, that's just he's never main eventing a Wrestle Kingdom. That's just that's the case. That that's what it's going to be. Hiroki Goto, it's over for him. He's won a bunch of shit. He's won a bunch of New Japan Cups or whatever. Over the next five, ten years or whatever, you need to be okay with that man never ever sniffing. A G1, a world title, or whatever, a Russell Kingdom event. It's just never going to happen. And unfortunately, Del Desperado, whether I agree or disagree, <laughs> regardless, like it's the reality of it, at 36, they're not going to push. I mean, they, they, if they haven't done it yet, they're not going to. This, and guy turns, this guy turns 37 next year. He's won one tournament in his entire New Japan career, and it was the Junior Tag League. Right. And he's won two titles. He's had two runs with the Junior Tag Team titles. And he's turning 37 next year. So you just got to be real with it. I mean, and that's the thing. He's it's like, like mid-level junior. Yeah, why is fine. that so insulting? He's great. He's a great wrestler. I don't know why. Can you like, explain to me why that's so insulting? I don't know. I think it's like, the, it's not even like an opinion. It's a fact. It's it's, it's whatever. Especially it's, when I'm, I, I want him pushed as much as anyone You love does. him more than like, anybody. You, you, you have been... The arguing with me about how good El Desperado is this entire this entire time we've done this show to the point where it's gotten annoying and I'm like all right Joe I like him like I reel it in like let's go let's go yeah. but you know the the thing that is gonna is, so he has this match with Hiromu Takashi and it's great it's awesome yeah, it's a so, great great so match one, right and I want you to break down the match but it's like the one thing I should say before you break down the match is they they gave, he had this opportunity handed to him that he wouldn't have had. If it wasn't for COVID and if it wasn't for sending Dragon Lee home. And this is why I think they should because he 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 grabbed it by the fucking throat. How many times have we seen guys put in situations like this and lay an egg? Right. Right. So anyway, go ahead and tell people about the well, match. Well, no, no, the match is, is 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 amazing. Like it's it's to me, I didn't go five stars. It's not gonna be one of my match of the years or whatever, but I have no issues with people that think it was. I mean, it was a really, really, really good match, super emotional. You know, one of these things where the crowd kind of forgets that they're only supposed to clap and you heard some yells and screams or whatever, because they there was like a visceral reaction to a lot of stuff that happened in this match. And and the part that I loved and the part that really got me more than anything is, you know, Hiroto Takashi goes to rip the mask of El Desperado little by little. And, you know, I'm going back and I'm watching a lot of these old best of the super junior matches for uh for patreon patreon.com slash voices wrestling uh as well and and there's you know a few spots there's a koji kanemoto el samurai match where, where, where kanemoto rips at el samurai's mask and el samurai wins you know he rips he rips the rest of his mask off and wins the match by he proves i don't i don't fucking care yeah whatever you can take my mask you can take my identity it doesn't matter i'm a better wrestler than you on this night and and, and my mask and my identity do, don't matter you know i'm gonna get in this ring with you i'm gonna beat you and i'm gonna win you know the best of the super juniors and it's super emotional and it's super cool and and this had that you know Hiromu was ripping at the mask of Del Desperado, and instead of letting Hiromu Takashi have the, the the pleasure of ripping his own mask off, El Desperado yanks his mask and says, "Fuck you! I don't care. I don't need the goddamn mask. It's me. It's Mikami. It's Kyoshi Mikami versus you, Hiromu Takashi. I'm not El Desperado right now. I'm whoever. I'm just a better wrestler than you. I'm, a, I'm you know I'm whatever. And that is that's super emotional when a guy can rip his mask off and just say, "Hey, fuck this. I don't care. I'm gonna beat you regardless of what 
I am or my personality or my, you know, the thing that I, you know, maybe the, the mask I hide behind, whatever you want to do. Like, that's super, super emotional and super cool. And the fans reacted to it well because when he ripped that mask off and was like, all right, motherfucker, let's go. You want to rip my mask off? You want to steal my mask? I don't give a shit. I'm going to whoop your ass. And 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 that, those next 10 minutes of this match where he takes that mask off and he is fighting like a fucking man possessed is awesome. It's really, really cool. And and, and I, I I love that aspect of the match. I really, really liked it. And and I'm just, honestly, and I think I tweeted it out as, as I was watching the match, is like, if I'm there if i'm backstage i you know i i hear that reaction i see that reaction i watch this match i don't know if i'm pulling you know a, a you know a, a baba with kobashi and saying i hey, fuck it you know or masawa rather and, and saying fuck it you know you're winning the match screw it you're winning the match we're pushing you you're in the next star but like i have a real thought of okay shit like we 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 we, we got something here I, i'm not saying that Eldos Brown needs to you know call an audible in the middle of this match and win it but I'm thinking, all right, fuck it. He's not just going back to being whatever he was before that. We we got a guy. We're going to at least get him in IWGP title match. We're at least going to get him in a junior title match. We're at least going to get him in the mix. We're going to get him a shot. We're going to you know put him in the – we're going to find something to do with this guy that's that's more than we have been doing with this guy because this is, like you said, this is a step-up performance. This is a, a grab-the-brass-ring, grab-it-by-the-nuts type of performance by El Desperado. And – Unfortunately, yeah, it's over and, 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 and a really emotional match, and he gets a really close near fall. And, and the thing I love, too, he gets that near fall and he just pounds the mat in desperation, like, motherfucker, that's the best shot I have. And it was, because then, you know, little by little, over the next few minutes, Hiromu Takahashi got back the advantage, got back, you, you know, and then ends up tapping him out in the middle of the ring uh, and, and winning. And just a really, really cool visual and a really, really cool match that, that I absolutely loved. And, and yeah, I, 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 you know, I'm here thinking when this match is over, this is a great opportunity. Do not put that mask back on him. Don't put him back. I mean, you can have him walk out with the mask and, and, and maybe, he, but, you know, little by little start telling the story where he doesn't need this mask anymore. He moves up and you, you do something with this guy over the next few weeks. But, you know, watching, you know, what they've, they've done, he's, he's just kind of, he's all Desperado again. He's back, you know, teaming with other guys and doing stuff. And, and yeah, it's a cool little spot and a great little match and, and a match that, you know, is going to get match of the year votes and is going to get in the mix. And, 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 and people are calling it one of the best matches they've ever seen. And, and, and that's cool. That's, that's really awesome. But you need to be okay with, El Desperado just going right back to being what he was afterwards. And, and and there's a lot of people that I think can't wrap their head around that and think that there needs to be something more after this. And I don't disagree, but I don't think there's going to be. And and we we know that already. There'd be signs of that already, and 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 it just doesn't look like that's the case. And and I'm sorry, I, I don't want to you know <laughs> rain on people's parade, but it is what it is. Like he's he's 36 years old. It, it's you know, there's a lot of juniors in this company that they're trying to push to the next level, and, and I, I don't know if El Desperado's one of them, so I'd I'd like them to get the push. I'm not confident they're going to do it. Um, Not confident at all. As far as the match goes, um, I went four and a half. I thought it was a really great match. Yeah, that was exactly the same. I didn't think it was match at a year level. Um, We'll be heels for that, too. I mean, even though I thought it was a great match. I don't fucking care. Whatever. Um, Oh, Rich. They'll listen anyway and hate us as always. It's fine. Give a shit. Uh, 4.69 on the grapple as I speak. Uh, with 201 votes, good sample size there. And a 9.40 on the cage match. Look, this is a great match. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no way around it. Um, I think it's going to do well in match of the year. I think it has a chance to be top 10. It's got it's, it's got a lot of stuff working for it. Having it happening in December is huge. For huge. This match. Fresh in people's minds. Yeah. So that's always a, a big factor. Um, and it's Hiromu. Hiromu matches are going to do well. Hiromu has a lot of fans. So there's a lot of things working for it for sure. High profile, best of Super Junior Final, all those things. So great match. Um, I hope for the best for Despy. 
Of course, no one will talk about this part of the conversation. No. But uh, it's my f- listen. I, I'm poking the bear a little. I did a little trolling at the beginning here. It's fine. Um, we move on to the World Tag League final. Girls of Destiny beat Finjuice, and I guess the reason they went in this direction after we after or at least I thought Finjuice was going to win this is because Moxley's not coming in. Kenta needs a match, so it looks like it'll be Kenta and Juice. So from that perspective, the finish makes sense. Kenta made the surprise appearance at the end of this match, which I thought was cool. This was like interference done right. Everyone thinks we're just, we want everything to be rings. But this was a cool moment, and the crowd gasped when Kenta ran down because they weren't expecting him to run down. Mm -hmm. You know? And um, if it's a, you know, look, I hate to call a tournament final a dopey little match, but it's the World Tag League. If it's a match like this, I don't give a shit if you want to do a finish like this or do a run-in or whatnot. That's fine with me. As we've said all along, it just it really grinds our gears when it comes to the main events and the matches that are supposed to be held with some reverence. But um, at this point, though, I'm taking a deep breath and I'm kind of done with that complaint. I just I accept at this point, And when we talk about Super J Cup, it becomes very apparent. I was saving this rant for Super J Cup, but I'll do it now. I just accept, Rich, that New Japan is what it is. Yeah. It's a heel. It's a heel heat promotion. And it's not going to change. And there's no point being mad at New Japan for being something that I want them to be that they just aren't. It's a heel heat promotion. Yep. And they're not going to stop with the heel stuff in their in their biggest matches down card because it's what they are. Yeah, it's clearly a directive too. I, I mean, yep. we, and and we 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 were very curious about that when the first New Japan Strong stuff happened in America, and we're thinking, okay, cool, you know, and, and it, it's cl- it has to be a, a top down directive. It has to be a, a everyone is because yeah, there, there's no reason for New Japan Strong to be booked exactly the same way as New Japan proper, except if. That's the plan. Hey, this is what we do. We do this now. We we create heel heat. We have bullet club interference. We have guys run in. We have chicken shit heels. We have that sort of stuff. That it's got it. It has to. And we were always we were really curious when New Japan Strong kicked off if they were going to be kind of classic, you know, whatever New Japan, you know, wins and losses and no interferences and all this stuff. And 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 Kenta had to cheat to beat Carl Fredericks on like the first night. And we were like, all right, well, that's it. We know exactly what it is now. And we just had to accept it. And this Jacob is is again another one. And, and we'll get to it when we talk about the Jacob. But I, I kind of had the same revelation as well. Like, all right, I'm done getting mad because it is what it is. Like, I think it sucks. It definitely takes my enjoyment level a lot of pegs down. But you yeah. know, there's yeah. no use in coming on the show every single week and going, oh my god, Dick Togo ran no. in again. Ah, that, that. It's just what it is. It's going to be. Yeah, I'm done, I'm done complaining about. Yeah, it's bullet clubs. Bullet club guys getting heat and and heels cheating to to win matches. That's it's that's what it is. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm done complaining about it because it just is what it is. That's what New Japan is. Um, I could watch all the 1982 and 1983 tapes that I want. It, it it's not that anymore, even with the IWGP title. And I think it really had, like we always say, it's been that really this whole decade. But there was enough. To where they kept it away from the like Tanahashi Okada, which let's face it, that's the rivalry that rebuilt this company. Was never that. Maybe in the earliest stages when Okada was full on healed, Gato would get involved in his matches. But for the purposes of this conversation, Tanahashi Okada, which modern New Japan is built on their backs, okay, was not that. And I think that's what appealed to you and I and a lot of other people. And we and we tolerated the other shit because 
we knew we weren't going to get it in our Wrestle Kingdom main event or our IWGP title matches, right? But now they've leaned so heavily into it. You just got to put your hands up and say, this is what New Japan yeah. is. Mm-hmm. We got to get rid of this idealistic vision of, well, they do it a little bit, but at their core, they're still up. No, they're no. not. This is an American style heel heat promotion. Heat, heat, heat. Yeah, it's 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 heat. <laughs> it's, I, it's, I don't it's know. Classic WWE I don't know. Heat, heat, heat. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know who needs to hear it, but we were the first ones that needed to hear it. Okay, guilty as charged. I'll say it again for the back. This is a Western American style heel heat promotion. Come to grips with it, whether you like it or don't like it. Come to grips with that. That's what this promotion is now, and. Like you just said, it doesn't mean I have to like it or be as invested in it as I once was. A lot of this isn't for me, and I'm not going to pretend it is. But I'm not going to let it get under my skin constantly like I did since the restart. Go ahead and put that double title back on Evil and let him cheat his way to I, I don't care anymore. If that's what you are, that's what you are. It doesn't have to be for me. And I'm done whining about the fact that it isn't. And, you know, we'll get to the Super J Cup because I actually have a positive review of that show, oddly enough. Because that's when my epiphany happened. But I'll save that. So, um, Grills of Destiny win. And, you know, I I think in a perfect world where Mox is able to get into town, I have to think this would have been Finn Juice. But they needed a match for Kenta. So, it's an okay match. You know, like three and a quarter, three and a half, something like that. What'd you think of this? Yeah, it was about three and a quarter. It was it was perfectly fine, like perfectly forgettable. I, I think I said aggressively fine <laughs> when I was talking about it with someone else. It's like it was yeah. it was it was fine. Like there was no which sucks because like Judy was like pretty good during World Tag League, or at least Tangaloa I thought was really really good uh, in a lot of his matches. And I think Finn Juice has been a lot of fun as well. And it was just kind of I don't know. It it just never kind of hit that next gear and hit that next level. And and yeah, it was perfectly fine, but not really. Yeah, not a match that I'll ever go back to or ever remember again. So, I mean, it, 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 it put a bow on like what I think was a better than I expected world tag league. Like I think a pretty decent enough world tag league, but yeah, certainly not, a, 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 a you know, nowhere near the level. I mean, just a complete different fucking universe than the best of the super junior final uh, with Desperado and Hiromo. I mean, that, that is a top level wrestling match and, and a match that you'll remember and think about and, 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 and remember for, you know, ever and, and, and bring up uh, forever. You're never in your lifetime ever going to think of God and Finn Juice from the 2020 world tag league finals ever again. All right. So it's just some quick happenings from the rest of this show and we'll get to super J cup and our quest to get to every one of these topics within the three hour time frame. Um, they set up bad luck Fale versus Toru Yano for the King of Pro Wrestling gimmick. Fale destroyed. God, it's not in Wrestle Kingdom, though. Thank God. No, they're going to do it at the Christmas Corrigans, the Christmas Week Corrigans instead. And then maybe that'll set something up as a prelim or dark match or undercard thing in Wrestle Kingdom. Who knows? (laughs) My my hope, and and I I hope so badly, Bad Luck Fale wins this fucking title, just tosses it into the crowd, and we never, ever hear about it ever again. Where he takes us to the was, back, and they go, oh my god, Malik Fowler is the new King of Wrestling champion. What are we going to do in 2021? And then nobody ever brings it up again. He never carries the title around. He never mentions it again. New Japan wipes it from their website. They delete every video, and we never, like, 20 years from now, people can say, hey, remember when they had that title for a year? And, like, people can debate if it ever actually happened. We can get a Mandela Effect type thing going on for this thing. That would be my goal, because the sooner we just forget that this entire thing ever happened, the better. Yeah, I don't even really care about it if it's just going to be a prelim thing, though. Like, it's just, I don't, I don't, like I, don't it, I don't want it anywhere. But, I just want it to go away. Yeah, and I'm fine with that, too. 
but um, that's what happened there. The Empire worked together as a threesome for the first time. I guess a foursome, because B was at ringside. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a tremendous angle with Okan uh, destroying Tanahashi's leg at the end. And then, man, when those three guys were standing together in the ring, it's a good and looking they did unit. Their pose, it's a good looking unit. Looking unit. I mean, I wasn't sure how they would work the three of them. Like, obviously, I enjoyed the Will and Ocon aesthetic because I ranted. About, I I just, you know, Will with the suit sitting at ringside, sipping on the cognac, watching great Ocon wrestle. Right. I thought that was awesome, and I thought Ocon and Cobb were really fun in the World Tag League, especially when they were squashing people. Um, but the th- we hadn't seen the three of them together, or the four of them together. I keep leaving B out. Um, honestly, she didn't really do much. I mean. And, and that's a positive because I was afraid that this would be another cheating unit. We still don't know for sure, but um, they just kicked ass here, especially in the post-match. So the three of them together, though, my God, did that work. And Ocon just has – there are so many people out to lunch on this guy. He just has special presence. And there's a charisma to him that is unteachable. And – he might turn out to be the leader of this thing. Like he's definitely the spokesman in a way. And when he just stands there with his hands behind his back before the match starts and the post match here, there are so many people out to lunch on this guy. He is going to be a star. There, There is definitely, you, you brought that point. It's actually a really, really interesting point. I hadn't really thought of it until I watched him on this night is for all that's, you know, the, 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 the goal of this, Company, you know, of this, this, the Empire or whatever. I mean, most people think it's that you're going to elevate Will Ospreay to the main event and all that sort of stuff. I think that is going to happen, but I think they're going to get yeah. two stars out of this thing. They're going to get two mega stars out of this because you are already seeing, and I'm, I'm right with you, I'm already seeing the Ocon, uh, great Ocon, and I'm thinking, fuck, that dude's, that dude's better than Will. <laughs> like, that guy's got more star potential than Will. And that's like ridiculous because Will's incredible. And Will, Will, you know, at some point, I mean, obviously in the next 2021, Will Ospreay is going to be pushed. He's going to be in main events and he's going to be going for the title. He's going to be doing all that sort of stuff. But man, you watch this and you're like, fuck, man, Ocon's like, like he, he's, he's, he's taking the attention away from Will. It is not. I'm so it. glad you're not one of these Ocon no, deniers. No, he's great. He's I mean, oh my god. Are you, well, you okay? If you're an Ocon denier, you better find a new fucking company, man, because this dude's gonna beat Hiroshi Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom and whoop his ass and send him packing in a fucking stretcher, <laughs> you know, holding his leg like that. Rich is getting into it. I mean, it. let's Get be honest. It, like, Rich. you better watch a different company Get if that's what it. you're gonna do. I mean, this guy's this guy. It's it. I mean, you just look at the way they're booking him. Just look at at what they're doing here. It's clear that they see that this guy's a star. And they're going to do something with him. We talked about it with Desperado. This is the push they do with guys. You come back from excursion, yes. and if they think you're a dude, you're a dude. If they think you're Master Watto, you're Master fucking Watto. <laughs> you're doing whatever. You know, Master Watto's doing. If you're Yo and Show, they think you're Yo and Show, which is, is, is fine, but you're not this. There's so many people who think that he's on the Watto level. Yeah, it's you're, crazy. No. <laughs> like, well, yeah, I, I see that. They're like, oh, my God, what a downgrade for Tanahashi to be wrestling Okada. I'm like, no, you idiots. You're not getting it. You're not understanding. Like, okay, first of all, Tanahashi is going to uh, endorse anything. He, he has to endorse whatever they ask him to do. He's Hiroshi Tanahashi. If Hiroshi Tanahashi thought this guy was a geek, there's no way this match would be happening. Okay? This is the Jay White match all over again. And I'm not as confident that Okan is going to win as you are. I think he should win, especially since this is like three years after the Jay White match. And where Tanahashi is slotted now. Plus, you already have the out because he's going to come into it with the quote unquote injured leg or whatever. Okan should win. But New Japan booking, 
You lose this match. Jay White lost this match. That's true. Yeah, you're right. Okan lost to Okada. Right? So I'm not confident, as confident as you are that he, sh- he will win, but he should. But it doesn't matter. Okay? It does not matter because they're pushing this guy. And the other thing about New Japan is even if something's a little rocky at first, they rarely ever change course. They have a plan and they stick to it. And I'm not even conceding that this is rocky. I think the guy's over. His T-shirt's selling. His merchandise is selling. Every show, there's like Ocon cosplayers sitting in the first and second <laughs> row. Okay? This guy and, – and, and we're following the same pattern we saw in Rev. And he was about to be a big deal in Rev when COVID shut down the world. He was just starting to get over in a non-ironic way. Because it was ironic at first. But then he started to get over in a non-ironic way. Um, thanks in large part to Gideon Gray. You got to give that guy the assist here. But, you know, but the other pattern people aren't picking up on is this is the Jay White match all over again. And it's getting the same reaction as Jay White all over again. And then Jay White wasn't at his best in that match. He didn't have his gimmick fully formed. He didn't have his style of work fully formed. And people were critical of Jay White coming out of that match. And it didn't matter. They just went for Look, this guy's not fully formed either. He workshopped a lot of shit during that World Tag League Tour. And he's starting to settle in. But the one thing he has, just like Jay White, is that undeniable presence and charisma. You knew they were going to plow forward with Jay White anyway after the shaky match against Tanahashi. It does not matter if the match even delivers against Tanahashi. The Jay White match didn't. As long as it's not a complete disaster, which I don't think it will be. His offense is unique. People complain about his offense. Oh, he's not dynamic. He's not trying to be dynamic. He gives his Mongolian chops. He sits on you in the corner. He does some judo throws. He's trying to be different. He's trying to stand out. Mm -hmm. And it's working. Yeah, he's not going to. I mean, if you're expecting, you know, an Okada level worker out of great. I I don't think that's ever what it's going to be. And and there's no reason to do that. If you can't do that. I was talking about WWE. Accentuate the positives, hides the negatives. I don't think Okada is is going to be, uh, uh, you know, a five star match. You know, just a machine like some of these guys we've had. But there's it's good. His matches are no doubt going to be interesting and no doubt fun. And, and yeah, I, I like I like a lot of what I've seen so far from him. But yeah, it's just a different look and a different feel. And I think people need to adjust to that. And, and people are going to be real wrong about. They're going to be real wrong. A lot of people are going to be real wrong about this. Yeah, we uh, Sean Flynn in the uh, the chat room brought up the uh, the, the HBK Diesel connection with Okan and Will Ospreay. And I, I think that's absolutely what we got going here. That is not the worst comparison. Where, where, yeah, it's clear that right now the pushed guy is, 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 is Will. But in, in due time, you're going to make – both those guys are going to be stars. Cobb, yeah, well, Cobb's there too. But, you know, those guys are going to hey, be the Cobb, stars. Hey, Cobb's done a nice job. He's done a nice job. But, yeah, he, there's, I don't think he's – yeah. If, if, if you're ranking them, the future prospects of these guys, it's Will 1 – I think it's Okan 1B, you know, Will 1A, 1B. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would not have thought that. I honestly would have thought it would have been Will and then his two little guys under him or whatever. But I think in, in, in a month or two, uh, what we've seen with Okan, and, and they obviously see it too, and you're like you said, Tanahashi sees it too. If Tanahashi thought this guy was an absolute geek that wasn't ready for the spot, he wouldn't be doing this. He'd be with, you know, fucking around. He'd, he'd maybe be wrestling Jeff Cobb or whatever. He's clear Do that he sees something. Do people not realize how big that is? I don't, that this guy's in a match with Tanahashi? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, fuck, you know, it's, it's, this is huge. I mean, this is, this is the rubber stamp. 
what other rubber stamp would you want in this? This guy got a singles match with Okada coming out of G1, and now he's getting the Tanahashi <laughs> right, Wrestle Kingdom. Right, match. right. I, yeah, I didn't even make that connection. Yeah, pretty, pretty good. And that's the final rubber stamp. The Tanahashi Wrestle Kingdom match is your guy for the next 10 years. Here, it, it, it's yours. You have to completely be a flop for this not to work. And there's already signs that he's not a flop. You know, it's, it, I feel bad for him because he doesn't have crowds. It's such a – man, to come back from excursion and be expected to be elevated to a top guy and not have crowds to help out with this stuff is such a horrible position to be in. But I get the sense – that it's working out. I, I get the feel too. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of these weird things that you kind of just get the feeling. <laughs> like we could be completely wrong, and the fans think it's there. But you're right. There, there, there's a general sense from the way even even the like you said. You look in the crowd and you look at the cosplayers. You look at the shirts and look at all that sort of stuff. And you think, ah, yeah, that that seems like there's just, it, it. It just seems like it's working. The booking of it speaks to that as well. And and real quickly, I punched up uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi's Wrestle Kingdom opponents. You want me to list these? Uh, these jobbers and geeks that he wrestled uh, at Wrestle Kingdom in his career. I want you to do that, but uh, uh, yeah, and and the other thing is too, this is not even just a pattern with Jay White. You can go all the way back to Okada himself mm-hmm. as a guy that they gave to Tanahashi when nobody thought he was ready, and everybody laughed because they thought it was a waste of Tanahashi, and they thought this guy was a geek when Okada stepped up to Tanahashi in the Tokyo Dome and wrestled them the next month at New Beginning in 2012. This is the same goddamn pattern. We've seen it with Okada. We've seen it with Jay White. And now we're seeing it with this guy. What happened with, uh, with, it happened with I'm watching it. You know, I was watching the match, actually, for, for the uh, the Best of the Super Juniors retro series. But they were doing it with Devitt, too. Remember? Devitt yes. won the Best of the Super Juniors and Tanahashi, your next pal. <laughs> you know? And, and they had their singles match. Like, that. it was built. Devitt got, you know, the AJ Styles push was Devitt. Devitt was going to be what AJ Styles ended up being. And what eventually Kenny Omega turned into. But that was all designed for Prince Devitt. But when they were ready to say, okay, Prince, you have now arrived and you are now a guy. Who's the guy that met him on that first night? That challenged him and yeah. that he faced that first night? It was Tanahashi. And, and what's their track record in picking these guys? Yeah, pretty damn good. <laughs> when yeah. no one thinks that they have the ability right. to. Jay White. I mean, there. we were having those conversations with Jay White. People forget this now because it's now we're two years deep. the same shit. Like, people are like, oh, this, this switchblade. What a dork. He looks like an idiot with his knife. And what a, what a weirdo. <laughs> and we're like, okay, you're going to be wrong. Right, you're wrong. You're, you're, right. you're going to be so wrong. You're going to look like a fucking fool. And, you know, Okada, same thing. Even we were like, oh, geez, this fucking guy. Like, this is going to be a disaster. Those shows are all dead and gone. No one can go pull them up. But, I mean. I assure you, that's, <laughs> that was the conversation at the time, for sure. Yeah, like, are you are they kidding me? Did they see the Yoshihashi match? But it's like, how many times? I mean, anyway, go ahead. Read his Wrestle Kingdom opponent. So just to give you an idea of who he faces at Wrestle Kingdoms usually. And obviously, this is a down car, you know, Hiroshi Tanahashi. This is not what he was in these years. Sure. But still, it's Hiroshi fucking Tanahashi in, in New Japan for Wrestling. Like, he's not, again, he's not facing Wato, all right? So uh, Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, Jay White, Tetsuya Naito, uh, Kazuchika Okada, Shinsuke Nakamura, Minoru Suzuki, Satoshi Kojima, Go Shiozaki, Keiji Muto, and Taiokia. Well, one of those. <laughs> but at the time, yeah, Taiokia. Now, now you're like in 1999. Right. So I mean, who cares? Well, 2007, but, point, but yes. The, the point here is people are approaching this the wrong way. They see this as they're all screaming right now saying, yeah, Rich, and this guy's not on that level. And what we're saying you're is. Wrong. Yeah, he is. He's going to be. <laughs> right. Like very soon. 
very soon he's going that, that that's the that's the lesson you should be taking from this not you know and i've had you know there were people making counter arguments saying oh well tanahashi doesn't have a lot of great matches left in him he shouldn't be in there with a guy like this number one how do you know it's not going to be a great match that's the first point it's tanahashi in wrestle kingdom i trust that i'm guy. not betting against him yet yeah <laughs> he's got to he's got to yeah no it's not happening but number two, what the fuck is his role? His role right now, at this stage, he's in his mid-40s. His role is to get the next set of stars over. It's not to go to Wrestle Kingdom and have five-star matches. I'm sorry to burst your bubble. That's not his role anymore. This is his role, to identify the next star and get him over. The way that he's done his entire fucking career, which is why the guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer, an icon, and one of the greatest wrestlers in history. Not because of the five-star matches, but because he helped get all these guys over while having all these five-star matches. This is his role now. This is exactly who he belongs with on this show. What the hell would be the point of some Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Tomohiro Ishii match where, okay, they'll probably go out there and steal the show, but what's the point of that match? It's like this is the the, the biggest spotlight New Japan has all year, and it's a chance to to – to take this guy who they think could be a star and make him a star. This is the only match to make. This is the best match to make. So, man, but look, Rich, we could scream all we want. People aren't going to get it because we've seen this pattern play out. They'll get it in a year. They'll understand that. They'll slowly disappear like the Jay White naysayers slowly disappear. You can't find any of them with a search No, party. they're done now. They've went away. Yeah, that's. I mean, you may not like his matches, but you can't find anyone who's like, oh, that guy will never be a star. You can't find them. Same thing's going to happen here. Same thing. So um, wanted to bring up that match, that six-man. And uh, really, there was nothing else of, of much consequence on the rest of this card. Um, so let's do the Super J-Cup uh, real quick. Look, I said I was going to defend this show or have a positive review on it. Let me clarify. I don't think this was any kind of great show, okay? But I get it. I get what this show was meant to be. This show was meant to be a vehicle to continue the push of a guy who's definitely not a mid-tier junior, by the way. A guy who's a top junior in this company, whether you like it or not, in El Phantasmo. Phantasmo this year was earmarked to be the heel champion who Hiromu Takahashi would be chasing all year long and finally catch at the Tokyo Dome. That was the plan. COVID threw that for a loop. Taiji Ishimori is the stand-in because he was around. He's the guy's tag team partner. He's in the same unit. All of those things. And he's a more than qualified person to step into those shoes. But it was originally going to be Phantasmo. Um, and as you can see, Phantasmo won the J-Cup last year, cheated his way to in, in doing so. And he wins the J-Cup again this year. And cheats his way into a J. They're basically just redoing the Phantasmo push that we're going to do this year. So he's probably going to get that mega singles push in 2021 as opposed to 2020. So that's what we're seeing here. They're just press the reset button on all of this. Um, we we worked ourselves into a shoot. We out we overthought this thing last week because we were trying to be cute. That's fine. We're trying to do an entertaining show. But he's the only contract guy. And it was very obvious he was going to win this thing in hindsight. Um, so he wins it. He cheats all along the way. It, you know, it's not, let me be clear. 
It is not what I want out of a Super Jacob. I want 1994, 1995. That's what I want out of a Super Jacob. Okay? But again, this is where I had my epiphany. I know what this company is now. It's a heel heat company. And more and more they are showing that they don't give a fuck about tradition. They don't care that the J-Cup has this great history. They don't care that the IWGP title has this great history. They're just going to be who they are and do what they feel they need to do best to draw money. And if that means shitting on the J-Cup two years in a row and allowing it to lose all of its reverence, this is three J-Cups in a row now that weren't great. By yeah, me. oh, yeah, yeah. Let's let's not let, uh, what, 2018 so, off the hook or whatever, 27, I whatever year, the year was. 16, yeah, yeah. whatever. Everybody knows what we're talking about. The Taichi year. Yeah, that was um, that was heat, 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 heat the entire time as well. Yeah. Um, this three in a row now. This is what the company is. And I'm watching this show through that lens. And again, not what I want. Not filling up my notebook. But as far as telling a story from the beginning of a show to the end. And let me tell you something. Phantasmo may not be exactly my cup of tea. I think he's one of the best heels in wrestling. I really do. I think he is one of the best heels in wrestling. He's totally unlikable. He has no interest in being liked. He has no interest in being a cool heel. He has no interest in you ironically cheering him. He is only interested in heat. And he's great. And Alan Cunahan, what a great comparison. He says this guy is like Art Bar's son. And the comparison's so good. He even moves around like Yeah, Art he does. Bar. Yeah, just a completely unlikable slime ball. <laughs> just just such a, <laughs> yeah. a shitbag. Just a total shitbag. He kind of looks like Art Bar. He moves like Art Bar. He 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 has the same body shape as like it's a great comparison, and it just got me to thinking: Would people be shitting on Art Bar if he was around? Like, that guy was great. You know, that's what this guy is. He's fucking he's Art Bar. You know, so you know, do, would I rather see you know, fucking ninety four ninety five style J cups? Of course, but for what the company's doing, I can see why they love Phantasmo. Because he's, he's a great heel. And that's what New Japan is now. Next, he's going to cheat. I'm going to, listen, again, I don't know who needs to hear this, but sit down because I'm going to give you a, another dose of truth. He is going to cheat Hiromu out of that title after Hiromu beats Ishimori. You're going to hate it, but I'm warning you now to prepare yourself for it. And then Hiromu is going to chase him all year and they're going to repeat what they were going to do this year. And you're going to have to live with it. And let me tell you something, Rich. When that happens, because a lot of the hardcore New Japan fans hate El Phantasmo, they're going to start seeing things our way. Because that's going to be something, it's going to be a wrestler that they aren't into. Like we weren't into evil. And all of a sudden, they're going to start seeing things our way and start thinking, hmm, maybe this isn't the kind of booking I want out of this company. It's funny how those things kind of turn around. Because that's what you're getting with Phantasmo next and moving forward. They believe in him, and they think he's a top guy. And he gets a legitimate push as a top level junior. Yeah, well, and he fi- he fits the criteria of what they. I mean, he's he's you know he's evil. He's okay. He's, he's Omega. Show. He's Devitt. He's Styles. He's that. He's just a, in the junior style of it. He's God. He's like it's all Bullet Club heat, 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 and and that's what it is. And so it's a Bullet Club asshole that heats his way and cheats his way to victory. So yeah, I mean, it's, and he's a, and, and, I think and, it fucking sucks. I fucking hate it, but. And look, I get it. I get that people hate this in the wrong kind of way. I don't hate it in the wrong kind of way because I admire how good he is at it. 
Like he is he is an old school. I want to punch that motherfucker in the face myself. Heel is what he is. He's not Jay White. Jay White is a diabolical. I'm going to outsmart this guy kind of heel. Shifty. Can't trust him. Stab anyone in the back. Right. Um, that's not what this guy is. He's a different kind of heel. He's a shitbag. You want to beat him up yourself. If Elf El- Phantasmo would have fit right in in any territory in 1978 and the little old lady in the front row would have stabbed him in the back. (laughs) That's what he is. That's exactly what he is. And I at least can have an appreciation for that. And I thought some of his work in this tournament outside of looking at it from a traditional work rate perspective was brilliant. His first match back, he's botching on purpose to show that he's rusty. I mean, what the fuck? Who thinks this way? Right. Then, you know, throughout the rest of the tournament, you know, Blake Christian breaks his nose in round one. So what does Phantasmo do? He he builds the Blake Christian semifinal match around the man's broken nose. Yeah. And whatever plan he had, he ripped it up and threw it out the window and said, fuck it. I'm going after this guy's broken nose. I had this gift wrapped to me. And then in the final, he beats Super ACH, the biggest baby face on earth. At least in New Japan. He doesn't work that way anymore anywhere else. But he's still super ACH in New Japan. The perfect foil in the finals for Phantasmo. The ultimate good versus the ultimate evil. Who's more of a fresh-faced goody two-shoes than super ACH? I mean, that's what he is. So this was well laid out and well booked. Even if it didn't fill up my notebook. And because I don't give a fuck anymore and I understand what New Japan is. I can't say I I hated this. I didn't love it, but I enjoyed it for what it was, and I appreciated the way it was laid out. And I think Phantasmo is right up there with MJF or anybody else as far as the top heels in the business. Rich Krejci, the floor is yours. Yeah. So <laughs> the way you, so okay, the way that you lay it out there and the way that you sell it and stuff makes it sound to me a lot better than it was in actuality. Because you're right. El Phantasmo, the little spots that he did there, the little things that he did, the creative. Yeah, it, it was it was done well. But in the context of sitting down and watching this for two and a half hours or whatever, it, it was it was a grind. I mean, and, and the fact that like he was doing his stuff and then the matches in between were just really not that good, that did not help. I mean, the semifinal matches, which were really good matches on, on, on paper. ACH and Chris Bay sounds really cool on paper. Phantasmo and Blake Christian I thought was going to be really, really cool on paper. Both those matches were shorter than any of the first-round matches for some reason, which was a very weird way to to structure this thing where the, the, the first-round matches – went almost a little too long. Like, Ray Horace and Blake Christian went 12 minutes, and it did not need to go 12 minutes. It was way longer than it needed to go. And, and, and like, Chris Bay and Clark Connors, that went around 10 minutes. El Fantasma, Leo Rush, that went 15 minutes for those guys. And it was decent. Like, I liked that match a little bit. Uh, and ACH and TJP, which I liked a little bit, you know, that went about 10 minutes. So they gave a lot of length to the first-round matches, almost no length to the semifinals. And then the, the final, which was, you know, it was fine, but a lot of heat, a lot of heat from El Fantasma there. It's just the way you sell it and the way you describe it, yes. There were aspects that were were interesting and fun. And yes, Phantasmo is a good heel. It's just I don't know. When I sat down and I'm thinking I'm watching the Super J Cup, and again, that's me. I haven't I I I know what you're saying. I haven't reached that epiphany just quite yet because I clicked this file saying, "All right, here we go, Super J Cup." Thinking '94, thinking Great Sasuke and Hayabusa and Liger and '95, and here's Gato having the matches of his life, and here's Chris Jericho and Lionheart, you know, working his ass off, and and Wild Pegasus and Black Tiger and all that. And I'm I'm in that mindset still. I'm still in that Super J Cup mindset. And it's just, yeah, but, I need to get out of that. Watching, I need to get out of that. 
you get because what you're watching is MJF cheating his way to the dynamite diamond ring. Right. And I need to I I haven't yeah. quite gotten there yet. And 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 personally I don't want to get there because I don't really want to invest two and a half hours into watching that. You know, well, that's it, the thing. It's it's it, like we said before, though. It's going to affect our investment in New Japan, right? Like sure. if that's if I know it's, for next year they're going to do a Super J Cup, and I can I can safely assume that it's going to be like this. I'm just going to watch the final and say, okay, what do I need to know? What what happened in the final? Okay, cool. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll, but I don't need to sit down and watch two and a half hours. Of, I don't need to be a completist with this stuff like I needed to in, right. in past years. And that's where when this was over, it was like, all right, yeah, it's Fantasmo cheating just like he did last year. Why did I watch this for two and a half hours? Why did I waste three hours of my week watching this shit? You know, there's so much wrestling yeah. in the world to watch, and I wasted three hours for a repeat of what happened last year. And that, and that well, sucks. I'm gonna, uh, well, listen, I'm going to repeat myself. I didn't think this was a good show. Right. What, no, what no, I'm I, saying I, is, I get what you're saying for sure. Like, if you're going yeah. to have to watch this, let me find, you know, the, the, let me find the, 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 the good aspects of this. And, and there's no doubt that Phantasma was – he was a great heel. He had great he, – I mean, he was a chicken shit. He didn't let them play his theme music. You know, he worked over Blake Christian's nose. They got a gimme there with, with, with Blake Christian breaking his nose. Like, ACH was a super baby face. Like, yeah, there was a lot of really cool stuff to kind of sink your teeth into. But in totality, like, I feel like I wasted my time watching that thing. When, when the end result oh, yeah. was Phantasma yeah. just winning via cheating. It's like, oh, all right, well, why did I watch oh, – yeah. why did I, I watch I Ray Horos and Blake Christian for 12 minutes? Like, what was I yeah, doing? Like, I, didn't, I didn't come out of this show thinking, man, I really enjoyed that two and a half hours of wrestling I watched tonight. No. But – I just sunk my teeth into the aspects that I said, okay, what are they trying to do here? Is what I said to myself. And then I just watched it from that perspective because I knew I wasn't going to get what I wanted out of it. This was a show full of three-star matches. I mean, nothing cracked three stars in this whole show. So um, I think it did a lot for Blake Christian. I think the broken nose helped him a lot because it's like um, he was very sympathetic in his match. And you wouldn't have had that aspect. I don't know why he did that wild flippy do at the end to try to win the match. That didn't make a ton of sense. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It was – I thought it was fine for what it was, and I thought El Phantasmo put in one hell of a performance for two and a half hours for a guy especially who hadn't even wrestled all year long. So it sets up Wrestle Kingdom. It'll be the J-Cup winner versus the – um, best of Super Junior winner, Hiromu versus Phantasmo. Rich, we're all assuming Hiromu just you know beats both of these guys. It's Wrestle Kingdom. Did they put the heat on this right now and have Phantasmo <laughs> beat him on night one? People will lose their fucking shit. Yeah. Um... The only reason I say no is Phantasmo versus Shibori. Makes they're not going to do. Yeah, they're not going to do BC versus BC. But um, you're 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 right. I. It would be ballsy. I don't think they're going to do it now, but like you said, get ready for February, late January, oh. whatever. Phantasma was 1,000% beating Hiromu via via nefarious means to win that title in, in February or whatever. Phantasma will be junior champion for best of the Super Juniors. That's my prediction. No, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. And Hiromu would be, be in the position of, uh, of coming after him. Um, you know, because... you know. But then again, you do have Ryu Lee coming back, and they got to figure out what to do with him. Um, they really like they really like their bullet club heaters winning titles, though. They, <laughs> you know they really like it. See, Phantasmo coming back will knock Ishimori down a peg, right? Ishimori was the stand-in. He did an admirable job. I have no problem with Taiji Ishimori. But Phantasmo's the top dog, in, in junior dog in that unit. And you get Dragon Lee back. He's a top guy. And this is why I'm saying there's no room for Despy. 
and I wish there was. They're just not. 37 years old. You know, and 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 look at, you know, there's at least three guys firmly ahead of him with Hiromu, Dragon Lee, and Phantasma. Um, you know, so we'll see if the big match performance helps catapult Despy. Because I think there's room for another guy out there. I mean, you know, to, but, you know, the way they book and tell their stories is there because it's like, you do your three-match series, someone comes out ahead, then you go into Super Junior, one guy's the champ, they set up the challenger. There's really only room for two programs all year, if we're being fair. It's not like they do seven different junior title programs in a given year. You get two. You get one three-match series, and then you get the guy who wins Super Junior. And maybe you get random defenses with your mid-level guys sprinkled in just to fill out some of the other cards. But they're not real, like, true top programs. So I don't know. Um, but that's the junior title all set up now for Wrestle Kingdom. You get your little mini tournament there too. Kind of like the uh, U.S. title last year where they did the one match to set up the next. So um, I guess let's talk about what we know for sure. Do you have the Wrestle Kingdom confirmed matches? Yes, I do. Yeah, I got those in front of me. So let's talk about what we have uh, what we have going so far. Uh, night one, uh, obviously Naito versus Ibushi. That is your first of the, the title matches. Uh, here you have Okada versus Osprey, uh, Tanahashi versus Great Okan, Dangerous Techers versus God for the tag titles, and then Hiromu versus Phantasmo for uh, the junior title. So I, I like night one on paper. It looks, re- I mean, those those top three matches all appeal to me a lot. I mean, I I, I think it blows night two away. I mean, night, I, and we'll talk I about. Yeah, I, I I don't care about the tag title match, but the rest of that is all pretty interesting. Yeah, the four out of those five are, are pretty damn good. I mean, Naito and Ibushi, I think, has the potential to be the best match of, of any of the two nights. Okada and Osprey is a huge, huge match as well. Let's see if Okada gets back on track. Let's see. I mean, he's going to he's gonna bust his ass against Osprey. We know that. We know Will's going to bust his ass. Biggest match he's had his entire you know career in terms of a single. A, a real star-making potential match there, too. So I'm interested in just in that aspect of it, too. Not only is it going to be a good match, but also the fact that, yeah, you could really create a star here and get the next level and the same thing goes with Tanahashi and Great Okan it's fucking Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom and it also is the chance for him to elevate a guy and get a guy ready to be a superstar you know from for 2021 and moving forward so that is is, is investment right there and then Robo versus Phantasma as you said like I, I'm I will watch now with a little bit more of a cautious now that you've you've got that <laughs> a little bit of a, a twinkle in my eye where I'm like oh man I don't know do they go with the heat there with Phantasma I don't think they do I think Aroma wins but I think that has potential to be pretty damn good uh, and Techers versus God is like yeah I don't really you know care all that much but if that that's, you know, your fifth most important match on a night. I, I think I can live with that. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it, it's it's interesting because the Empire is facing Okada and Tanahashi in two separate singles matches. And both Okada and Tanahashi are both in a position where they can lose right now. You know, because they're out of the top mix. And you could have Empire standing tall in both of those matches. That would be what I would. I would absolutely book it that way. I mean, if it's me... Will Ospreay and Okan win both of those matches. And in fact, they both win them clean as a sheet. But, <laughs> you know, this is a new era of New Japan, so who the fuck knows? Um, and they like to surprise you in those matches and have the veteran win those kind of matches. So we'll see. Night two. Uh, night two? Yeah. Not so much. Uh, night two and Ibushi winner versus Jay White. So obviously whoever wins with that. I... I mean, you're you're. Well, we'll do our initial predictions in a few weeks. But regardless, yeah, I, let let's do that. Let's let it sit a little bit. Let's watch those those quarter cans. Let's 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 basically figure out. But yeah, Naito and Ibushi, the winner of that moves on to face Jay White uh, on night two. Evil versus Sonata, Shingo versus Cobb, 
and then Ishimori versus the winner of Hiromu and LP. So, I don't much know. Weird, <laughs> I don't really love Night 2 all that much. Yeah, no. What Night 1 is, right now, is significantly stronger on paper. I would agree. I would agree. Um, because if, if Evil and Sonata doesn't do anything for you, then you're going to struggle with what they've announced so far. And I think that the night one double title match is going to be better than the night two double title. Well, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, Jay White is, when it comes to having a great match, he has a lot of great matches, but I'm never confident he's going to have a great Right. Match. You want to be, no, no, absolutely. You want to be proven that it's going to be good. Like, Naito and Ibushi, yeah. I have no doubt in my mind is going to be good. Like, there's no way those yeah. guys go out there and lay a fucking stinker. Actually, like, you're content. Yeah, there's no. no way it's going to be three and a half stars and we go, oh, wow, geez, that wasn't what we thought it was going to be. I thought that would be a little, like, there's no, there's no question that match is going to fucking rock. Yeah. Jay White, though, it could either be like, oh my God, what a fucking great match that was. Or, eh, yeah, it was all right. I don't know. Like, it, it's, but like you said, more times than not, it's the other. More than times than not, it's a really, really good match, and you're really into it. You just He has that potential to also just have a match that maybe gets a little bit more bogged down by Gato interference, a little bit more bogged down by interference and heat and that sort of stuff. Usually they still end up being pretty damn good, but there is also – you just got to keep that in the back of your mind where, where yeah, you have no doubt, no doubt that Naito Nabushi or Okada and Osprey is going to be really, really good. You do have a little bit of doubt that White and, 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 and whoever, you know, Naito Nabushi or whatever, probably Naito. It's, it's the White, way yeah. they it's if the way they lay out the heat sucks his matches right, exactly right right sometimes the heat hits at the right time and it works and it's perfect and you're into it and sometimes you're broken. like let's fucking go home what are we doing this sucks come on yeah, like, yeah this is too much enough of this shit the, the other factor too this year is if it's clap crowds and it sure looks like it's going to be with cases spiking in tokyo daily um then this is going to be a tough spot for everyone clap crowds in that dome where sometimes the crowds can come off docile even when they're not being docile anyway, that's a concern. I mean, that has to be a big concern. These shows can come across totally heatless, and I I am very concerned with that. So um, there's that factor too, but, you know, we've been dealing with that for almost a year now. There's nothing we can do about it. Um, so that's what it looks like, and then they'll complete the card, junior tag title match. Um, you know, it'll probably be Taguchi and Wato. And then what else do they have to do? I guess uh, Kenta and Juice Robinson will have to become official at some point. Right, right, right. Either of those matches are going to knock anybody's socks off. But now, you know, we're talking about down card now, so it doesn't really matter. Um, And then, I don't know, maybe they'll add something with the Never Six Man because that'll leave Goto and, and those guys, Goto, Yoshihashi, and Yano, you know, maybe they'll do something with that, or maybe they won't. I mean, you know, um, you know, we'll have to see. Maybe the they've been running six match shows during the pandemic to kind of condense things, so maybe the same template will take place here. I don't know. I sure um, hope so. Given <laughs> given the days that these are happening, and uh, for potential uh, Patreon uh, <laughs> content, I hope that they keep these uh, nice and tight. So we'll see. Plus, I worry about the empty building and the. Uh, a half-filled dome of people who can't cheer. I think they get. I think they get. I, I really, honestly, yeah. I think we would normally have. I think a few more matches ready to go. Now, I, I do wonder. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. That, that's a point that I actually hadn't thought of. Like, we're all expecting these to be fully loaded. Boom, boom, boom. These all these undercard man. All these th- like. There's. I mean, they might just have. You know, five title matches and then one undercard thing, and that's it. And that's fine with me. I don't care. That's totally okay with me. Uh, if that's the case, um, I don't know. That'd be that. Maybe I don't know. 
yeah, maybe we're approaching this the wrong way. We think that they're going to fill out the card with a bunch of uh, bullshit, and they might not. Yeah, yeah. So I'll have to see. It'll definitely be a unique um, experience. But let's talk about – we got to move on. Let's quickly talk about these uh, Tokyo Sports Awards. Uh, do you have it? I don't have it in front of me. If you want to uh, pull that up, yeah, I got, I got everything right here for you. All right, so it was all right. So they announced the Tokyo Sports M- uh, MVP and Match of the Year and all that sort of stuff. They did not do a Rookie of the Year uh, this year as well. They they claim because of COVID or something like that. So I'd, kind of a Triple H excuse, but if you know <laughs> Triple H Rhea yeah. Ripley push excuse out of me, it's like oh, a lot of a lot of rookies still wrestle. But that's fine if you want to you know give it to you know. What, why didn't COVID affect the other ones? I, I don't know. Yeah, they're like, ah, oh, there's no, uh, there's there's some rookies. There's you, know, you just gotta look a little yeah, harder. Yeah, some but... speculation that they didn't want to give it to a Dragon Gate wrestler two years in yeah, a row. Fucking cowards, which is so typical of the politics that go into these things. But um, let's run them down. Yeah, Tokyo Sports MVP Tetsuya Naito. Uh, there was no other choice. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he had any kind of great year. I actually think his year was kind of lousy, if I'm being honest. Outside of the uh, two Tokyo two Tokyo. I said Tokyo Tome. Tokyo. Outside the two Tokyo Dome matches, I mean, the rest of his year was bogged down with those awful matches with Evil. And I, I don't think he had a particularly good G1. But the thing about this award is it's kind of kayfabe as well. And look, he won the double title twice. Right, right. He did, yeah, he did it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that from from a kayfabe standpoint, he's absolutely your MVP. I mean, he, yeah. Yeah, he, you can't pick that. You, you're not going to give it to Goshiozaki. I mean, you're just not going to do that. And there's nobody else to give it to in New Japan. You're not going to give it to Evil. Uh, so it was the only choice, even though ah, it's not the strongest winner we've seen in a number of years. Yeah, but and it it's a tough choice. year as well, because obviously, the, the, you know, what happened in January feels like it's literally like nine years ago. But yeah, I mean, he started off the year, you know, with two incredible matches and won both, you know, titles in front of a packed Tokyo Dome. You know, like that that's a good start in, like, in, like, the, in, the, in the trademark moment of his career. Yeah, so. like that's a, a big head start. And, and I don't know that enough people. Uh, we're able to catch up in any way, shape, or form. So yeah, you, you, so if, you, if you in that spot, if you give it to like Suwama, I mean, you're shitting on the guy. <laughs> right? Exactly. You're you're taking a giant. You're essentially taking a giant steaming shit on his chest in the middle of the Tokyo Dome. If you give it to anybody else, he he had the he yeah, had the he, he was definitely it. And uh, Okada and Naito from uh, from from Wrestle Kingdom also won uh, the match of the year, which no no yeah, big issues there, and, and a very good chance it wins our match of the year as well. Who knows? This year is really up. Uh, for it, but I do think that one is is, is definitely going to be one of the favorites. Uh, got to be the our... favorite going into the voting. Uh, eighth time. Hey, uh, we got to start putting that together. I didn't. Even I know think that's well after the book after the New Japan book that that's, yeah, that yeah, comes that's next. True. So that's that comes true. next. That's I don't even want to think about the next <laughs> like debilitating time wasting project do we, do we have to do because we're why idiots. Do we do we're this? morons. I don't know why they're so stupid during the busiest time of the year too. Like <laughs> we do all yeah. this during a time when I have no free time, busiest time in my job. It's just fucking stupid. I don't know why we do this. So I haven't purchased a Christmas gift yet. That's oh boy. No, the Amazon's incredible. They just send you everything the next day. It's awesome. Voicesofwrestling.com/amazon though, of course, right? That's right. Yeah. What a service. Uh, eight time Okada has won the award. Uh, ties in with Kenta Kobashi <laughs> for eight match of the years. Uh, only person that has won more Jinichiro Tenru with nine. So um, let's see if he can do it, you know? Uh, Hiroba Takashi won the Fighting Spirit Award, which, I mean, you know, it comes back from a career-threatening injury. To basically just be as, as good as he was before is a pretty, uh, yeah, that, I think that, that stands for Fighting Spirit for sure. So uh, no issues with that. Go Shiozaki won the most outstanding performer of the year. So again, kind of so the, the runner-up. Yeah, runner kind up. of the runner-up to, to the MVP there. Uh, Tetsuya Endo won the Technique Award, the very uh, prestigious Technique Award. 
second runner up. Uh, Julia usually oh, sorry, usually go goes to usually goes to a smaller promotion guy too. As like the exactly runner-up. right, right. Uh, Julia from uh, Stardom, she won the uh, Women's Wrestling Grand Prize, and Sagira and Kazushi Sakuraba are your tag team of the year. I mean. Where, where are you guys I don't going? hate it. I don't hate it. Like on 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 paper, it seems like I should hate it, but uh, this dude's fucking rocked. I mean, they, like they had some damn good matches. Uh, I I, mean, I'm a little upset that uh, Chango and Kaiji Tomato didn't uh, win this, but that's all right. They didn't really give all Japan anything. I mean, so you could have gone uh, Violent Giants. All Japan didn't deserve shit this year. So yeah, I'm just thinking politically though. The yeah, way they right, do right, it. right. Um, they didn't give Dragon Gate anything this year, which seems like a, a, a sham. I mean. Um, that's actually really weird, but you know, the rookie award would have been dragon gates for whatever reason. They just didn't do it. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, you can give it to techers, but then it's like, I don't know. I guess you, I don't know. It doesn't, I don't know. I don't have a strong take because there's no tag team. I that's coming to mind where I'm like, they were robbed. Mm-hmm, I can't mm-hmm, believe mm-hmm. it. You know, and it wasn't a great year for tag wrestling in Japan. So, um, you know, what about uh, what about Kaiji Tomato? I and just Chango? said that. I just said Kaiji Tomato and Shango. They were robbed. Those are my. I guess that's I wasn't my pick. listening to you. Yeah, you weren't. Yeah, that was you. my pick, man. All right. Get some get some two AW love in this Tokyo Sports Award. I'll I'll sell some magazines. You know. I can't believe I totally no sold you. I didn't hear you say that. Oh man, yeah, I did. That's my tattoo of the year, to be honest. But. Uh, I, think I they, enjoyed I think them they broke more up than or something. Some of the teams. I, I don't know what happened. I think they broke up or something. I, I don't. No, they lost the titles and then they just yeah. They you just know stopped TV with each other. <laughs> but I think I enjoyed their work more than a lot of the teams we just named. Yeah, I mean, no, that's what I mean. Yeah, in terms of like high level, really, really interesting, fun matches. I mean, they they were definitely there. So they're never giving a team like that. <laughs> no, 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 no. But. Um... You know, they didn't even want to give Dragon Gate an award. Yeah, they're not giving two AW. Yeah, they're not selling any mags with uh, with you know two AW with with Kaiji Tomato on the cover of, of the Tokyo Sports. You know. Yeah, so that's the uh, Tokyo. Now, look, it, there's no point really like getting granular with the breakdowns when it comes to that because it's it's so political. It's political. It's kayfabe. It's it's yeah. There there's yeah, got to view it through that lens, right? You know? um, let's stay in Japan though. We got to preview Final Gate. So, did you watch the Corkin from? 15. Yeah, I so I watched the main event is all I was able to get. Uh, I, I decided, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to watch it today to catch up. I watched the main event and tried to work my way back, and I only got done with the main event, so which was Wait, the so Doi Darts match. Darts. Which was, yeah, which was it was a hell of a lot of fun. So Yeah, the Doi Darts match, which is always a lot of fun because you get guys that you don't normally get, like Kness. Kness finds his way into that match, and Stalker yeah, Stalker, yeah, Stalker was great in that match, man. He's incredible. Mochizuki bullying him, even though they were on the same team. <laughs> right. So... Got some yeah, Grimers. Really you got some there. like very fashionable men having a tag with Grimers there because you had like you know, uh, um, you know, Cosmo Sakamoto and Arai are on the same team with like Jason Lee. You know what I mean? So like, they gotta, like yeah, like guys aren't really quite sure who's going to help them. Like yeah, it's a really it's a really cool match style. I, lo- I love uh, uh, the match style of the Doi Darts. So that was that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. And I guess so. Actually, you know, and actually, I watched the entire main event and then I watched a few minutes. Now I see of, of the tag match. So I did I did see a little bit of that. The Masquerade uh, versus Team Dragon Gate match. I did see a bit of that. Did you watch Masquerade's entrance? Yes, they are fucking great. That is a great unit already. What a superstar unit. I mean, and the thing about that unit, here's what I love about Masquerade. The look is incredible. It's like sort of a New Orleans, what would you call it? Like New Orleans. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Like a Mardi Gras, kind of like a Mardi Gras, a little bit of like an over the top, like yeah, Mardi Gras, a little bit of like a, a, it kind of looks like a play. I I don't know. Yeah, it's, 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 it's unique. It's really cool. Suit Williams. It's a suit. So the thing I love about it is you've got Shun is the dream gate champ and he's the leader and he stands out in front. They do this pose with their masks and they take them off. And it's such a cool unit. It's Dragon Dia and Jason Lee and Kota Minora. And the new guy they debuted on the show, which I'm going to talk about in a second, La Estrella. And the thing is, like, even though it's a strong unit talent-wise, it's it's very it's put together in a very smart way because Shun is so clearly the alpha. Mm-hmm. Like, there is not a single person in this unit even sniffing his superiority or the fact that he's the alpha. Well, and I was actually going to bring that up as a great point of why I really like this this unit as well, and why I like that Dragon Gate can do this with their units, and they've established this unit, you know, structure for and and better. They do it better than anybody else, anybody else in the world. I mean, New Japan obviously has units, but not to the same level that Dragon Gate does it. Because what can Dragon Gate can do is by simply that guy being the leader of the unit and being so clearly above the rest of the guys in the unit, that guy's a star. And 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 he just is, you know what I mean? Like that, he he's just a star. He's the guy that everyone follows. He's front and center. And yeah, you can work it better if you kind of you know fill out the like they did with Masquerade, where they fill out the gaps with with guys that are clearly not going to like challenge for his spot right now. But even even if there were, like it doesn't matter. Like those guys follow him, so that guy's a star. It's just a super easy way to tell the story that this is a guy you're pushing and this is a guy you're behind and this is a guy who's going to be a big deal in your company by, you know, he gets his own unit. He leads this unit. And, and, and yeah, that's what allows Dragon Gate to have five or six different, you know, top stars they can go to on any given moment because, yeah, you fill out the units and, and the guys who are the leaders of the unit are your leaders. Those are your stars. And slowly but surely guys emerge from the, you know, the rest of the unit and, and eventually challenge for that top spot in the unit. And those guys become stars or they maybe make their own unit or they kick the guy out or, or whatever. So that's what's, that's Dragon Gate. It's just perfect way to tell a story to, to, and a perfect way to establish a hierarchy in a company. But what they have here with Masquerade is unique in the sense that, like you just said, a lot of times there's a very obvious next guy in the unit that you're like, ah, I'm going to keep an eye on that situation. Not here. He is the clear alpha. But on the other side, there's always a couple obvious like scrubs as well. Not here. So it's like it's a unit full of guys brimming with potential, but also with a clear lead dog who isn't in any position to be challenged yet at this point of being the alpha in his unit because he just stands out from them so much. So I really think from that aspect, the way they like, for example, if they would have put Ben K in there with Shun, right? Then it's like, ah, uh, you already have this dynamic where there's two guys trying to be sure. the alpha. That's not the situation here. And it just it's it's smart to do it that way when you're especially since the guy just came back and just won the title. So I love the way it's constructed. I love their aesthetic. And then like a lot of the matches on this show, it was quick and to the point. They just went out there and they beat Ben K and Casey, and he pinned Casey clean in the middle. And it'll be Shun Skywalker versus Ben K at final gate for that title. And there's no reason for Shun to lose. He needs to win the match. It's not going to hurt Ben K at all. Um, And they will have a million more matches over that title over the next couple of years. So loved that semi-main event. The only other thing I want to bring up on the the Corkin, and then we'll run down the the final gate card, was the debut of La Estrella. 
beats Asumu Yokozuka in six minutes. This is a rookie under a mask. And um, the pattern of Dragon Gate all year, the young guys just beating these veterans and beating them emphatically and easily. And Estrella got in there, did all of his spots that he wanted to get over, and he did a bunch of crit. You're going to love this guy. He did this running. He does this spot where he sets the guy up in the corner. Is he the, is he the secret one? Because they're, they're like you know, Case and Mike have been talking about yes, the secret yeah. you know young guy that they haven't wanted to show because they think he's really really fucking good right out of the gates. That I'm not sure of, but he was the X. Okay. He was Masquerade's X. So he sets the guy up like a Van Terminator or whatever, where he sits him in the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, the spot that Shane McMahon stole from Van Damme. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes, Van, yeah. Van Daminator, whatever. I think that's called. the yeah, it's the Van or is that the Van Terminator? I forget what it is. Whatever. With the chair, it's the Van yeah, Terminator. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Know. Who cares? You get the idea. So he sits the guy, and then he gets up in the other corner, and he runs a, he runs across the top rope and then does a drop kick when he gets three quarters oh, of the way tight. down. That's awesome. And then he does another spot where he does a handstand in the corner and then does, like, the uh, gimmick where he falls backwards, where his legs hit the top rope, and then he does a back – and then he does, like, a flip – Onto a flip splash onto the guy inside the ring. So this guy is awesome athletically. And, you know, his outfit's a little goofy. It's got stars on it. The idea, a lot Estrella. So you get the idea. But Shun Skywalker's outfit was goofy at first, too. You know, it's like Dragon Gate does that. They, I kind of think they like humiliating you at first with the way you, with like your gimmick or your look. That's kind of like a way to like pay your dues. But, yeah, the guy looked great, and he pinned Yokozuka. And who better on this roster to put in the ring with a guy making his debut than Susumu Yokozuka? It's like, that's the perfect guy, because he's going to make sure that this kid... Yokozuka had a match like this earlier this year against um, the good Italian boy, Francesca Akira, in All Japan. Same style match where it's like, he led him through the best match of his career, because he's fucking Susumu Yokozuka. That's the guy you trust in a spot like that. He's a pro's pro. And who did they trust in this spot? To be the veteran hand to guide this kid through and keep the nerves down and make sure the match didn't fall apart. Just worry about doing your spots. I'll be where I need to be. I love that shit. I, that is the shit. That's the, the thing about pro wrestling that I sink my – when I see stuff like that. Yeah, That's so interesting to me. You know. So uh, that was a big debut. And as far as the Corkin show goes, I mean, everything was like 10 minutes or less with the exception of the 17-minute main event. The, the timing of it Dragon is. Gate. Dragon Gate has fucking nailed it. They understand that, hey, the crowds aren't able to do all their stuff. We have a ton of guys on this roster. We have a ton of talent. Everything is 10 minutes, and I fucking love it. It's so perfect. God. They tell their story. They get in. They get out. Thank you. <laughs> Finally, um, somebody does this. <laughs> this was so much fun to watch this show. Uh, I went notebook on the eight-man Toriyaman versus Red Tag. Dragon Kid, Genki, Yoshino, and Kanda against Eita, Hip Hop Kakuda, Keito Ishida, and SB Kento. I mean, those guys, it's like SB Kento and Kakuta especially. And I don't want to, you know, I just don't, I think Ishida's a step below. I mean, those guys are going to be stars. I mean, you just feel it in your bones. And um, that match was all action, 10 minutes of action. And the veterans won that one. You know, they picked up a win in that one. And I thought that was the best match on the show. I went four stars flat. Um, 
Rich, can you take us through the final gate card? Do you have absolutely? Yeah, I got it in front of me. Got it in front of me. Yes, we uh, also, uh, if you want an extensive preview of Final Gate, uh, open the Voice Gate we just posted uh, uh, today as we're recording this as well. We'll have a preview up at the website as well, voicesofwrestling.com. So yeah, the open the Voice Gate guys who cover Dragon Gate better than anybody in the fucking universe except for Jay, uh, uh, who actually works for the company. Uh, yeah, they, they're a great uh, podcast that just went up previewing it and a written preview will be up uh, probably by the time most of you guys. Uh, read this as well. So the main event, the big match that uh, we are looking at here, Shun Skywalker versus Ben K. Shun Skywalker, the champion, uh, defending the Dreamgate against Ben K. Ben K, who needs to change his hair immediately. Whatever that, whatever the blonde thing, whatever he's doing, it's got to change. It's got to go away. He's too good to be doing this. He's too much of a star to be wearing, having this shitty hair. It's just we got to change it. It can't keep. It can't continue, Joe. I go back and forth. Sometimes I hate it, and then on the court and show I liked it. Oh no, no, it was bad. So. No, you're wrong. It was bad. It was bad. It's not. It's not befitting of a champion. So um, I don't know. I, yeah. What, what is your overall prediction here? Does he win this match, or or does Skywalker keep the title? No. It's it's like I already said. I think that Skywalker has to win. I don't think there's any other choice. I what do you too. Mean? Yeah. I think you give him that new unit. You give him that. I mean, like the time will come with Ben K. There's plenty of time to push Ben K. But right now you got Shun. He's he's on a little bit of a roll. He's going. He's got the unit. Yeah. I'm I'm 100 percent with you. I think the, the the play has to be Shun Skywalker. Um, as as your uh, winner there. Oh, boy. <laughs> You're right over there. I don't know what happened to Joe. Joe <laughs> fell down or, or something. We'll no, see. No, I'm right here. I, I, I got the sense I were getting some interference, so I corrected. You were, and now it's good. So now it sounds perfect. So. Yeah, I took care of it. All right, uh, no disqualification elimination match. So an elimination match here, important uh, uh, distinction here. Uh, Torimon Generation, Nuruki Doi, Yoshino, Dragon Kid, uh, Susumu, Genki Horiguchi versus Eita, Ashida, HYO, SB Kento, and Hip Hop Kakuda. So that's, uh, I love, you know, despite the fact that you think I hate elimination matches, I just hate Survivor Series matches, but this sounds fucking great. This is a lot of talent and a really hot, you know, RED uh, unit right now against the Torimon Generation with some really cool workers, some really, I mean, that dude, Doi, Yoshino, Susumu, I mean, Genki, who's been awesome this year, Dragon Kid, who I always love. I mean, this is, fuck, dude. That match looks awesome. This entire, this card looks amazing. I cannot wait for this show. Well, they have a chance to tell a great story with this. And that's where you, you're confident in Dragon Gate versus WWE, where maybe once every three years they'll tell a cool story in a Survivor Series match like they did with Keith Lee last year. And then you get a Survivor Series show this year where they just, all the Survivor matches yeah, it's are just, terrible. Yeah, matches just happen. But I'm confident that they're going to tell a great story here. Plus, this kind of generational feud is about to end. So they got to shit or get off the pot with some of these uh, feuds now because we're going in a new direction with Masquerade and some of these, uh, you know, a new unit forming and this other story getting a little long in the tooth. So there's the possibility of some big angles and things, too, happening in some of these matches and coming out of them, too. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and, and like you said, I, I have full confidence that like every elimination, every pinfall, everybody who pin, I mean, that it's all going to be important, and we're going to know, you know, who from Red is, and and like you said, we, we talked about with with you know Masquerade, it's like clear that you know Shun Skywalker is the leader, but this you know Red, this could be a great opportunity for you know Sb Kento to get the win, or or, or you know Ashita to get the win, or whoever you know even Hip Hop could get the win, and there to be tension there where Ata you know gets eliminated, but you know Sb Kento goes through and wins the match, and then it's like oh well you know who's actually the leader of Red, so there's a lot of really cool stuff they can do. Uh, in this match, so I'm really, really excited about it. Uh, this, oh, I mean, I'm way into, I'm just waiting this entire card. Uh, open the Twin Gate match, the RED team of BB Hulk and Kai, who I fucking hate and cannot stand, but they are the champions, and they are facing Masachi motherfucking Mochizuki and Don Fuji. They're, they're gonna win. Strap them up, baby. Strap them up. Let's go. 
I don't know if you've seen the promos or whatever, but um, the the red team they're treating this like a joke. Like in the promos, they're saying things like, "Yeah, we'll take on this challenge because it's a great opportunity to add another win to mm, our uh, don't. to our to our total victories as champion." Like don't, the don't way talk about my boy Don Fuji up, like that. Don't fucking do it. I'm telling you, I think I think this is going to be a situation where you get a feel good win because I don't think that's a great tag. Uh, I don't think that's a great Twin Gate Championship team anyway. And I think since it's Final Gate and all that, I think you're getting the good, the feel good win here from Mochizuki and Fuji. I think the, the promos have kind of tipped me off on that. So, um, so we'll see. But uh, like you, I'll be rooting hard for him. I mean, I'll, I'll have I'll, my I'll suspend my disbelief and I'll be into the match for sure. Uh, open the Brave Gate, uh, Keisuke Okuda versus Kejitora as well for the uh, Open the Brave Gate. That's not, that's looks on paper like a pretty damn good match too. Yeah, it just looks like a spot. Look now, look, we know the deal with Kajitora. What's been the deal his whole career? In a big spot, the guy's great. Yeah, among the best in the world, and then he disappears. Like he's not going to put in effort. For people who don't know Dragon Gate, like he's kind of like Togi Makabe. You put that guy in something he doesn't care about. He may as well not even be in the match. Yeah, he, he's a non-factor. He's a complete non-entity most of the year, except in you know spots like this. Yeah, you put him in a big spot though. It comes and and he's a great, great wrestler when put in a position to be a great wrestler. And he's probably doing a job here. He should do a job here. He should lose here. And I think this has a chance to be, if their styles mesh, a real good match. Uh, not as much into uh, this match here, but a six-man four-way tag match here. Uh, Toriyaman Generation, Dragon, Kanda, Kondo uh, versus the Dragon Gate Generation of Yamato, KZ, and UT. Uh, Masquerade is going to be Kota Minora, Dragon Dia, and La Estrella. And then the RED team, Diamante, Cosmo Sakamoto, and Dia Inferno. Um, yeah, so... but you can get a look at Estrella here. That's true. That's true. But that's just and a lot of guys good. and a lot of guys that aren't very great in that match. So it's, you're getting everyone else on the card. Right, right, right. It's... And the units are going against each other. And they're going to blow all this up soon. They're going to blow up this current, um, you know, Toriyaman versus Dragon Gate versus yeah, Red. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So that's what this is. Uh, Team Boku, uh, Ryo Saito, Bokito, <laughs> or Boko Tomo Dragon, uh, the uh, former uh, Big R Shimizu, uh, and Punch Tamanaga versus the Toriyaman generation of KNS, uh, Ishikawa, and Sachioko Boy. So um, comedy, comedy, comedy stuff there. But it'll be good comedy, but yeah. So the Boku Dragon, I don't know if you've seen this. I, I've seen a little bit of it, and it's I, – I, I can't dis- – it's like it's done well, but I also hate it. Does that make sense? So it's Big R Shimizu – thinking he's Ultimo Dragon and kind of trolling him doing all his shit. Like, and he's a big guy and it's, it's totally played for comedy. Um, it was totally played for comedy on the cork and it's, they just don't have anything for big R right now. And you know, he's going to goof around and do this comedy thing for a while. It's typical dragon gate. This is just, you know, and, and, and he'll get repackaged at some point. I'm sure they have an idea for him when the unit's, get completely reshuffled and all that. Um, Cause he's been a guy. I mean, he was in the tag team with Ben K big Ben, real fun tag team there. And I think that you can get him out of this pretty easily. It's just when this runs its course, he can just shed that and just shot, put slam a motherfucker through the mat. And you got, you know, 
big R's back. Right, it's one of the arts. It's one of the art of Dragon Gate too that I think a lot of people that are new to Dragon Gate don't quite. They're like, oh man, what the hell's going? on? But like, anytime they want to pull a guy from the undercard and make him a, uh, you know, put him in the in the top match or or give him a big push, it doesn't take long. Everybody is basically ready to go unless you're like Sachioko boy. You know what I mean? If you're that level, like the clearly like defined, yeah. you know, you, you know. But like you said with Kajitora, it's like you can grab him from the undercards where he's doing nothing and put him in a match and in a few weeks build him up and and, and he's ready to go. And, and they can do that. The entire company has always been based off, especially with the top guys. You're even in, even in the peak days of Yamato and Doi and, and 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 Yoshino, like those guys would fuck around and do nothing for six months, and then you you know you light the fire under their ass, and they're back, you know, in, in, in Kobe World winning the title and, and and stuff. Like you can do that, and they always have been able to do that uh, because the, the way they book and kind of the, the the structure and the unit and and just everything they do is so. Yeah, the, the idea that he's not done, they they clearly don't think, well, that's the end of Big Arshmiza. We have no new plans for this guy. Like it'll it'll come in time, but yeah, they just have nothing for him right now, so they're just gonna put him in and you know doing this thing for a bit. So. Uh, Jason Lee versus Yoshida uh, on the undercard, uh, and then Super Shisha, Gamma, Ho-Ho-Lun in the uh, classic Ho-Ho-Lun spot here uh, versus Yusuke Santa Maria, Problem Dragon, and, and Kamai, uh, Takedo Kamai is, is going to be Yeah, your, it's your a bunch of unaffiliated so. guys and your typical opening match people. Yeah, so. but fuck, dude, that, that card, those last four matches... Really five. I mean, I, I mean that's a big that the six man is or the six six man four way is a big deal. But those last four matches, man, are all dude. I cannot wait. So I, I'm really excited about Final Gate. Yeah, excited big time. Uh, what's that? The twentieth. Uh, that is. Oh boy, I think it's coming sooner than that. Actually, um, no, maybe right. Yeah, it's Sunday. It's Sunday morning for us. Yeah. Uh, Sunday morning for us. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So that'd be uh, the twentieth. We're done with Japan, right? That is it. We're sending Japan to the outside. We've done every. We've covered everything in Japan, Joe. We've literally almost covered every single thing you could possibly cover in Japan. So we've we're gonna, well done. Listen, thirty minutes. We're, getting, we're, we're there. We're there. We're doing well. Wait, we got. We only got thirty minutes. We only got thirty minutes. We can do it. All right, Triple Mania. Triple Mania. No, we got this. The, the, okay, I'm wasting time. Triple Mania. Um, <laughs> I thought this was a three match show. A lot of people think it was a four-match show. One of the four matches, I was not a fan of. Uh, the consensus is that the opener, the tag team three-way, and then, of course, the semifinal and the, and the main event were all pretty, you know, very good to great matches, right? In the middle portion of the show, that hour in the middle was horrendous. I would agree with that. I hated everything in the middle. But there was also one of these four matches that, I didn't like nearly as much as everybody else. So as we go through it, I guess I'll do the the slow roll reveal. Um, first of all, I haven't spoken to you about this. Did you watch Triple Man? I did. Yeah, I saw I saw all of it, which thankfully I did because uh, the uh, AAA YouTube page has been nuked. Uh, I was able to watch it when they were still oh, had the God video sake. up. Uh, but apparently, I was wondering, as I'm like watching the show, I'm like, that, that's copyrighted music. That's just playing in the background here. Is this going to be able to uh, last? Is this going to be okay? And no, the answer is no, it is not okay. Because uh, I went back, I, had to, I actually had to rewatch uh, a, a few of the matches uh, via Nefarious Means, but I watched three-fourths of it on their official YouTube page. Uh, and then they re-uploaded it and put a, uh, a, an updated Triple Mania with none of the entrances and just the matches and then that got deleted, and now the entire channel is deleted. So, uh, I don't... what the fuck? Um, it's just perfect. I, I mean, that's that's. I mean, if you're AAA, that's it's, AAA. it's perfect. I mean, that's... so I went notebook on three of these matches on this show, and I went four and a half on two of these matches. I mean, the stuff that I liked on this show, I really, really yeah. Liked. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm right with you. I, I think I'm actually going to surprise you with which which match I liked the best on this entire show. 
Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, let's start with the main event. Hair versus hair. Pagano versus Chessman. Pagano seconded by Lady Shani. Chessman with Reyes Scorpion at ringside. Um, these motherfuckers, you know what this was? This is what people say Game Changer Wrestling yes. is, but it was actually good. Yes. This was like, awesome. This is my match of the night. Dude, this match rocked. I'm with you. It was great. Oh, geez. I mean, like, in a year where all we've seen is guys hit each other with shit, like every fucking show has like guys hitting each other with shit. This is guys hitting each other with shit. You know, this is when it means something. These dudes out here killing one another, just bouncing all. I mean, just taking huge spots, huge weapon shots, and making it all matter and making it all work and making it important. I mean, God, this is. I, I was going into it. I was like, God ah, damn it, I don't really want another. You know, guys hitting each other with shit match. Like I'm bored of that. I, I, everybody, every show, every show. There's guys going through tables and hitting each other with kendo sticks and all this sort of stuff. When it was over, dude, <laughs> this is better than any of these other dorks that go out there and put each other through tables and think that they're doing a match like this. You're not in the same fucking league as these guys. This was great. Pagano is a fucking madman. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just wild. Just the impact at which he he does stuff is ridiculous. An absolute fucking madman. Um, this. I mean, as far as plunder goes, this might be, I'd have to look in my notes, but I I went four and a half on this. I can't imagine there was a plunder match. I've enjoyed more than this. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Um, this was just great. Yeah. I mean, and then the last one I can think of that. I liked it as, as much as I got to go all the way to slam anniversary with uh, that LAX uh, versus Penta and, and and Phoenix match. Cause that I had the same vibes as that. It's just like, like instead of working the match, like, to the, the guys going through, you know, guys hitting each other with shit and going through the the, the, the tables and all that, that wasn't the point of this match. Like, it was a good match even without those, but that just added it as opposed to, you Please know. Please tell like, me so, that wasn't this year, that match. That no, God, no, 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 no. That was like two years okay. ago or something like that. So I'm like, I'm leafing through my notebook. No, like no, that. no, no. That was like what, uh, 2018, I think. So I'm like, it's been, a, it's been a long year, but it hasn't been that long. It's not been that long. No, that was like 2018 or whatever. But no, like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it was a good wrestling match that had these things in there, and they enhanced the match. As opposed to, like you said, GCW, where the whole point of the match is that a guy's going to get hit with something and go through a table. And, like, that's – it's building to that moment, but there's, like, nothing around there to make that moment important or, or meaningful. It's just a guy getting hit with a light tube or a guy going through a table. Whereas this was like, yeah, it, 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 the, there was a larger story being told by these guys in the ring, but then they also fucking – a thousand miles per hour jump from a top rope through a table or whatever. It's like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, Oh, the finish on that pickup truck. Oh like, my God. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. But you know, you got the hair versus hair in the mix too. And you got Hugo Savinovich taking a fucking weapon shot. At- <laughs> that was great. Um, very ah, quick. Ah, his, his selling yeah. was so ridiculous. And he bladed so poorly that he bladed twice. <laughs> ah, he's just screaming. For on him. camera. Yeah. Um, While he's desperately trying to cut his fucking forehead. Oh, God. It's perfect. That's AAA, though. It's perfect. I needed this AAA show so badly at this point of the year and in my wrestling fandom. I was looking forward to this, and it delivered exactly what I wanted it to deliver. Which, again, the empty arena excuse is not an excuse. Yeah, no, that's bullshit. When you're impact and the show stinks, it it, it just – it's because the fucking show stinks. This is empty arena, and it was good, and the fucking – and you forget that it's empty arena. So I'm glad you made that point uh, last week. You know, It's not as good as a full crowd, of course, but – it's just a fucking excuse. But I wanted your take quickly because we got to get through this in two previews. The commentary with Hugo chiming in with English occasionally as opposed to an English commentary team. 
go. Yeah, I don't mind it. I, I really don't. And and that's, you know, I, I, I saw you mention that on, on Twitter of like, hey, does it bother people? And a lot of the, you know, especially you said, hey, Spanish speakers, does this just like bother you that they're switching between? And and, and, yeah. and th- what they said was, you know, very similar to the, you know, what you know, I'm used to. I have, I have a bunch of buddies that are, you know, from all over the place, but a lot of Spanish speaking buddies, guys I play basketball with and all that sort of stuff. And that is a, a very common occurrence is to bounce between English and, and, and Spanish. And, and, and they do it in conversations with themselves. They do it in conversations with their parents. They do it at work. They do it while we're playing basketball. It's, it, I'm just used to it. So it didn't, it didn't really, it didn't hurt my enjoyment. And actually I, I, you know, as an English speaker, I preferred it. I was like, Oh, cool. Like, I, I like that he was able to jump in every so often. And, and if they didn't care, if Spanish speakers aren't like, what the hell is this? This is annoying. If they're used to it, then I think it only enhances the show. So I think, you know, moving forward, if they're going to do I mean, if they can't get English commentators, I think this is a nice little, you know, because it, it added context. And there was people that were probably watching this that have no idea what's going on. So Hugo occasionally stopping and saying, well, the, you know, this is for the hair versus hair. And the, the, I, I thought it only enhanced it. So a great idea. And I hope they continue doing it if, if, if you know, obviously they can't get full-time English you know, commentators. My only critique would be he said a bunch of things in English that were obvious to the viewer. Oh, he just hit him with a chair. That, you're right. Don't, don't, we don't oh, need that. Fill in the gaps of the story. Fill in the to story. Us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Right, right. So, but it was the first time I think that would be if I had a chance to let them know what I thought or, you know, I know we have some listeners who are connected and whatnot to some of these promotions. Say the things that aren't obvious. Don't tell me something that's happening on the screen. I, you know, I know that so and so. I know that that's Vikingo coming down to the ring. I, I see him like that. I don't need to know. I need to know the story gaps. Um, Kenny Omega defeats Laredo Kid, defends the triple a triple A Mega Heavyweight Title. He's probably going to win some other titles along the way. Maybe the Impact Title to do this belt collector gimmick. I didn't think for a second he was going to lose. I know the outcome was a little disappointing to some AAA fans who were hoping Laredo Kid would get the big rocket pack here. But this fucking ruled. Um, I went four and a half on this as well. I thought Omega went out there and showed out and added to his Wrestler of the Year resume, putting his name in the hat with Koshi Ozaki and whoever else you have at the top with another great performance. And Laredo Kid was great. And, uh, you know, Nakazawa... Messy catch. I thought, uh, <laughs> I, do you, can you even call that a catch? <laughs> man, and he apologized on camera. Like uh, you, you can hear him saying, yeah, he's yeah, "Sorry." Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought Omega was dead. I thought he broke his hip, um, but he got through it. And then I don't know if you saw this, but in the post match, whether he was going into business for himself or not, he challenged Vikingo. I would love God. to see Kenny Omega oh, versus Vikingo, God. but I don't know whether that's Kenny just trying to, you know, go into business for himself or if that was a directive. With AAA, I tend to think he's probably going to <laughs> Right, he probably himself. says, fuck it, I'll do it, and then maybe the listener, maybe they don't. Hopefully they'll, yeah. Right. But um, if we can't get Vikingo into America to work some AEW shows, I mean, this is the next best thing and probably the better thing. Because if, if he has a match with Omega down here for this title, they're going to get 25, 30 minutes. Yeah. So hopefully that's the direction – I thought Omega was great. They worked it. This wasn't just a spot match. I mean, Laredo Mm, Kid worked his leg. He worked his leg. And Omega sold the leg. And then he did an avalanche one-winged angel. 
to finish the match, which is just fucking disgusting. Oh my god, and, I could not. I, I screamed watching that move. It looks. Oh, dude, I am not taking that in a million years. I'm sorry. If Kenny says, "Hey, yeah, I'm gonna do the avalanche," I'm gonna say, "No, you're gonna beat me with something else, man." I'm not taking a fucking avalanche one wing angel, but I'm glad Laredo Kid is, is a much braver man than I because that was an awesome finish. And, and it, what it does too, it, it, it puts Laredo Kid over as well. It's a nice little nod to say, "Hey, look, I can't finish you off with my normal move. I need to finish you off with a little bit of another one." Because yeah, he, he countered the one wing angel and he almost got the win there. Uh, I, I think with the Laredo fly or whatever, I forget exactly what the move was, but it was a really really cool moment there. We switched from the one wing angel into the fly, uh, and then you know Kenny obviously has to say, "Okay, well now." I I have to go to the top and, and really drop your head on the fucking mat uh, to beat you. So, yeah, I thought in a way that, that you know, people complaining about the title don't really get it in, in, in AAA either. Like, Laredo Kid is, it will benefit from this match because he was given a big, big spot, and the title is, is, is relatively meaningless, too, for, for AAA. So. This is such an underrated title reign. I mean, the Phoenix match to win the title was great. I thought the Dragon Lee match was, was really good. I like this Laredo Kid match better than both of those matches, and, and I thought both of those matches were, were excellent. And then he had the matches in AEW, the match against Sammy Guevara on Dynamite, which was, um, I think I went three and three quarters, but borderline notebook there. And then the match on Dark against Jack Evans. So it's like, this has been a really interesting and fun title reign. I mean, and once again, people just underrating Kenny Omega's year. Like, the guy's been great. You know, and, 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 and AEW tag team titles, this title, and of course the stuff he's doing now, legitimate wrestler of the year candidate. And, you know, there's people calling this the Lucha match of the year, and it doesn't have a ton of competition. CMLL's been awful. The indies haven't been happening. Um, AAA haven't really had shows since the, the yeah, Lucha fighter thing or whatever. Yeah, the, the, the yeah. tournament. Yeah, and, yeah you're and, right. You know, there's not a lot of competition. No, and, you know, I, I, you know, Rob Viper, this is his Lucha match of the year. And, you know, he's a top authority. Um, Cubs fan didn't go that far. I listened to their podcast post-show after the show. But it sounded like he really liked the match. Um, so, and there's a lot of other people I've seen that have called this the Lucha match of the year. So, Omega just, you know, uh, racking up the accolades and another great match for him. Um, let's go to the top of the card now and then work through the rest. How about that? That's fine. Yeah, yeah. So the opener was Nuevo Poder del Norte. I love these guys. Carta Brava Jr., Moco Cota Jr., and Tito Santana because they're great opening match guys. Yo, they they're open perfect. Up they all just these shows. do shit for 20 minutes, and it's great. <laughs> you can plop these guys into 1996 ECW arena against, like, Axel Rotten, New Jack, and Cronus, right? And it would just be, like, the perfect. They always deliver. And I thought this... They delivered better than usual here because I think, you know, they caught a break because the stupid uh, Nino Hamburguesa guy fucking didn't show or whatever. And he got replaced by Dynastia. Yeah, which is fine. He's way better. <laughs> yeah, it's perfectly okay with me. Well, it changed the complete complexion of this match. This match went from like a, a th- comedy thing where people do a bunch of spots and they land on the fat guy to like, let's actually have a, a pretty damn good match. And yeah, it was good. I love this. We weren't spared Big Mommy later on. Well, yeah, no, we- yeah. Um, so I don't like Big Mommy. People like me. I, th- I find her very cringe. But I get that she's like over and people like her. But anyway, um, Dynastia, Maximo, and Mr. Iguana. And what I love about this is at the end, Mr. Iguana, you know, after all the table-breaking madness, okay, Iguana attacks these guys with his stuffed Iguana. <laughs> but instead of selling it like a bunch of geeks, they fucking ignored it. Because it's just a stuffed Iguana. Yeah, because it's a stuffed fucking Iguana. Fuck you, dude. No. We're not <laughs> This isn't like Hiromu doing spots with a dopey fucking cat and people selling it. They ignored it and then beat the shit out of the guy and gave him a triple power bomb and pinned him. 
And uh, Rich, you can call me crazy. I went four and a quarter on this fucking Wow. Thing. Wow. Um, this is perfect opener on a show like you're not this. wrong I, yeah I, I i well i, I mean I'm, I'm four so i still obviously liked it but oh jesus christ you're killing me i know <laughs> no, i'm just kidding no was, this is fucking awesome yeah and I, i'm totally with you that the, the whole complexion of the match changes uh with hamburg wasted in there and I, I i love that that you know that he didn't show or whatever and and and, and that we got instead just a really fucking awesome really cool match and yeah you're absolutely right those guys just the fucking grimers going out there and just doing uh, just oh yeah they're they're awesome they dude they would fit on any opener in any company ever you, you know what i mean like because who wouldn't love that who wouldn't love just some trash bad guys come out there and just do shit you know what I mean? it's perfect like even classic guys. ring of honor they could come out and, and muck it up with you know some some dudes so uh, they're in the perfect spot every time on these cards and they're a lot of fun and um, so I guess you figured out the fourth match that I didn't love as much as other people. Yeah, did well, I'm, I'm glad because I'm, I'm right with you. I, I I heard a lot of people put this match over, and I watched it, and I was just like, oh, fine. <laughs> I don't know. It didn't, it didn't do much for me. A lot of good names, but I didn't like the structure. I didn't like the finish. I thought it was just guys doing stuff. I don't know, which might sound hypocritical after I put over the first match, but I thought the first match – um, wasn't just guys doing it. I thought it was just a go, go, go plunder style. And um, it just landed with me. Whereas this, and then the finish where Pentagon goes out with the injured foot, comes back without the boot. I don't know. I can do without that crap. So I don't know. This just didn't land for me. I didn't think it was a bad match by any means. But you know, I, I thought it was like a three-star match with a finish that I didn't like. Yeah, I, I, I'm right with you. I, I, you know, the names. There's a lot of really good names in there. There's a lot of good potential, but yeah, I don't know. It just didn't didn't seem like Lucha Brothers were on their best game, and it really didn't seem like anybody was on their best game. It was a little sloppier than I wanted, and it was fine. It was good. And they didn't overstay their, their, you know, they didn't, you know, overstay their welcome. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't love it. So, so I thought the rest of the card sucked. Um, this yeah. Copa Triple Mania women's match, which is like the timed battle royal kind of gimmick. And they had the surprises, you know, um, Big Mommy was a surprise and one or two other surprises. The problem is a lot of these wrestlers really fucking stink. I thought the rules were unclear and I feel like it was way too fucking long. This match felt like it was, this was like the second longest match on the show. I know. It says it's only 23 minutes here, but I don't buy it. Like, I I literally think this match lasted like 45 minutes. So it it never ended. I I kept looking down. It's a five, four. And I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) Come on. How many more people can there be back there? Jesus. Yeah, this fucking stunk. I mean, this is a negative star match, in my opinion. Um, I'd give it like negative star, negative two stars, somewhere in that range. One of the worst matches of the year. Did it overtake? The mimosa match. You'll have to stay tuned to when we give our awards out. I don't. I can't. I can't reveal that as of yet. Same neighborhood though, in terms of how shitty it was. So we had uh, Psycho Circus versus Blue Demon Junior, El Hio de L.A. Park and L.A. Park. This match purely existed to set up a Blue Demon Junior versus L.A. Park match that may or may not actually ever happen. So they did the angle after the match, and. Otherwise, it sucked. I mean, I thought this was terrible, too. It wasn't nearly as bad as that women's match. It was like a two-star match. Um, you know, Monster Clown almost died on a dive. That's the, like the most memorable thing to come out of this, I guess. Um, but the old guys in this match put in zero effort and got, you know, like, it's, it just, it, it sucked. So they, they were just in a rush to get to the angle. Um, I didn't like this at all. 
I hated it. Yeah, I thought it was really bad. Uh, I, I I thought Park. I mean, he, he's a guy who obviously you know has some has great matches over the last decade and, and and whatnot, even before that. But he's looking real rough these days. Like he was really bad he's in this. So big. He I mean, just he, keeps getting fatter. Yeah, it, it's really getting too much. And like in this match, like you know. He was clearly the worst guy in the entire match, which is tough. I mean, and and I hate to say, I, like I like Park. I really like. Well, plus, Park. he doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't. Yeah, this. and it was like a, a fat guy that doesn't give a fuck. And it's like it's LA Park, obviously, and you want and you expect a little bit more. But this dude came out with no effort, didn't care, looked like shit, and 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 yeah, it ended up really dragging this match down. And and there was no, I mean, there was nothing in this match that was good whatsoever. So yeah, I was I was very happy that this is over. So the Marvel match ended up being Brian Cage as. I don't even know. Uh, I'm not going to be able to translate for you, but yeah. he. But was... the American versions even, I don't remember. Uh, Black Taurus was Venom. Yeah. Leo Rush was Spider-Man. And Dago was Captain America. Correct. Yeah, what was what uh, was Cage? I forget what Cage was. Um, I don't know. Fucking Thanos or something? I don't know. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe that was it. I, I don't Yeah, I, I'm not up in my Marvel stuff anymore, so I can't. Terror Papura is oh. the Mexican version of the character, but I don't know what that is in the... Maybe just run that through a translator. Um, but the idea here is they are Marvel characters. They're supposed to be the characters, not who they are. And it's supposed to be a long-term play. I know this looked like knockoff versions of Marvel characters because the costumes were so bad. But these were officially endorsed by Marvel. They're not doing a knockoff thing. Like right, Marvel's right, right. Oh, they were in it. Yeah, they, they were they were involved in Leo Rush is wearing like a hooded sweatshirt. <laughs> no, it didn't look very good. It, they all look like shit. Um, no, this didn't work for me. This stunk. I, I just, I have no use for this. This, whatever the idea is on paper, they can definitely refine this. I mean, Daga, you can make him any character you want. The guy has no charisma and he stinks. He's just not any good. Leo Rush, I mean, I guess he was okay. Black Taurus is always, I don't know. just, this was goofy and didn't work. I, what yeah. do you want me to say? Yeah, I was. I think it was the worst way to use like three pretty talented wrestlers on this show. So uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, hopefully they got a big bag of money for this, uh, and hopefully they continue to get big bags of money for this. But uh, yeah, it, uh, it's not going to do anything for me. I also don't care. Me- like I, maybe Marvel people really cared that like, you know, Spider Man was there in, in the form of Leo. Yeah, Rush, but why but, do Marvel fans want bad versions I, of their characters? WWE fans claim that you know. They want bad versions of comedy all the time. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure, but I'm with you. Yeah, I just watch. I'd go watch a Marvel movie if I wanted to see these guys. You know. Yeah. I don't no, need to see Daga no, no. play Captain America. I'll just go watch you know Captain America movies. So. You give me three matches like the opener, the semi, and the and the main event. That's a that's a fucking. I enjoyed myself. I on on the whole, this was a lot of fun. I needed some good AAA right now, and and I got it. So to me, overall. Even though the middle portion of the show is horrendous. Not quite as bad as that Impact show. The women's match was. That women's gauntlet match was. Absolutely as bad as anything you'll see all year. But the other two matches were just, you know, basic bad. You could live with it. The rest of the show was so good that I enjoyed it on the whole. I'm with you. It was, it was it was the perfect blend of it, what, what it worked for it, especially at this time with all this you know everything going on in the world. It's just like a brightly colored 
shit show and it's like in the perfect way i mean that in the perfect way it was just dumb as fuck it was dumb and dangerous but i fucking loved it yeah i think ricardo who did our uh, review uh it, it was him and, and, and griffin who did the review of voice of wrestling i think ricardo said dumb and dangerous was like when he described a lot of the matches and that's exactly what you want on a triple a to be dumb and dangerous and that's exactly what it was Take us through TLC, Rich. Oh, World Wrestling Entertainment's Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, and Firefly Infernos uh, is happening this Sunday on the award-winning WWE Network, streaming live on the award-winning WWE Network. Uh, Joe, you're going to get some fantastic matches, like the Raw Tag Team titles, The New Day versus The Hurt Business. Hurt Business have been pushed better than 99% of the people. <laughs> Bobby Lashley is the most fair. protected wrestler in that entire company. And you try to find me one more guy. Maybe Roman Reigns. It's either Roman Reigns. It's literally Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, and Bobby Lashley are your most protected wrestlers yeah. in that entire company. I mean, I think they'll probably win. Why not? Why not? Yeah, give them the fucking titles. Uh, SmackDown <laughs> women's title, Sasha, the boss bangs. It'll be boss time here at WWE Tables, Ladders, and Chairs uh, against Carmella. The returning Carmella. Yeah, I, yeah, I have no use for <laughs> She's wearing red and she's got leather now or something. All right, there you go. Uh, you, uh, universal title, tables, ladders, and chairs match because what's the year? Can't let 2020 go without it getting two more ladder matches out of the way. Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. Will Kevin Owens sit at the table or whatever the fuck Roman Reigns will tell him to do? So. I mean, on paper, it should be good, but if if Roman Reigns is going to cut a fucking... Dude, these are two talkers. Promo. I mean, Kevin Owens is an in-ring talker guy. Like... He's yes, always yeah. done that. And Roman Reigns is that's his thing now. So um, Yeah, but there's a difference between in the ring shit talker and community theater dialogue. Right. So the the problem with Roman is there's always the threat he's gonna break into community theater dialogue. And as soon as he does, I throw up my hands and I, I'm no longer invested in whatever they're doing. So we'll see. Uh someone asked if we're gonna do an instant reaction after TLC. No. <laughs> No, we're not. So there you go. If you got, if I if I could guarantee you would get people to actually buy those things and listen, I would. But no, that doesn't. The last anymore. time we did WWE <laughs> Instant Reaction, we didn't get a single buy. Right. So I'm not. I'm not gonna change my Sunday to watch fucking TLC so that none of you can pay me ten more dollars. So well, uh, no, the people who already pay would appreciate it. The problem is it doesn't drum up any new business. Right. And 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 Rich hates it so much to begin <laughs> it's with. Not yeah. That's the problem. Yeah, so that, if that's I enjoyed it, I would do it for you guys because I love you guys. But I'm not. I, I hate it, and I don't make enough money to hate. And it doesn't. Enough, it so. doesn't add. We did it for Takeover, and it didn't add a single new subscriber. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, we do it for AEW, and we add eighty new subscribers. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, we are not going to be doing instant reaction after uh, tables, ladders, and chairs. Uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Titles: uh, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler versus Asuka and La- Oh wait, no, they took Lana out of the match, so it's TBD to be decided. You talked about this at the top of the show. It's just so stupid. <laughs> like ridiculous. it's the only story they had here. It's they just trip over their own dicks constantly. Yeah, I mean a, a terrible story, but at least tell the story. Finish the yeah. story. Let us get a uh, uh, let let us at least get the, the the let us have one moment where it's like ah that's why they did that. Let's have Lana yeah. put Nia Jax. Lana and Oscar put Nia Jax through a table, and it'll be like ah all right, well that was worth it for those last fifteen weeks that you put Lana through a table. But now nah, they just. She gets a banana peel win, and then they beat the shit out of her. And now she's not even in the match, so because they don't they don't trust her to be in this match long enough. Um, so so you push somebody that you don't eh, fucking ridiculous, whatever. Uh, f- it's just a big game because they want to get Lana and Miro. Yeah, right, it, right. It's a big game. That's what this is right now, and that's what they do. I mean, maybe Lana will be the Mister, or maybe she'll come out and cost them the match. But I I don't know. It's just yeah. 
At the end of the day, it's still just a ladder push. Yeah, exactly. Like, why am I... (laughs) I shouldn't pine for a ladder push, but at least fucking finish the story if you're going to do it. But, oh, God. Firefly Inferno (laughs) Match. The Fiend versus Randy Orton. (laughs) God. (laughs) Don't, don't... Don't punch in your match of the your worst match of the year vote just yet, Joe. There is time. Uh, yeah, keep you're, the, you're keep right. you know. These, I haven't turned in any ballots. Uh, don't turn so. any ballots in yet. Firefly Inferno match. The Fiend versus Randy Orton. Did you see uh, on Raw where Randy Orton burnt Bray uh, Wyatt alive? But then the Fiend emerged <laughs> from the fire. And they wonder why they do record lows. And then they went I mean, back. And the best part is it wasn't even the final thing. They just you know Tom Phillips would go. Well, that was quite unique. All right, here we go. <laughs> just like a man has been yeah. mur- a man has been burnt alive and then murdered, and now it's like, all right, well, here's the hurt business. <laughs> Who wants this? I don't know. So bad. Nobody wants this. Reddit, and redditors, the ratings. redditors want it. Yeah. People that ask, why don't you count YouTube views and the Nielsen ratings? That's who uh, who likes this. All right. Uh, uh, yes. WWE title match TLC. One more ladder match here for the year. Drew McIntyre defending his title against AJ Styles. I think that Drew will work hard as he has all year. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Let's get to ROH final <laughs> battles. <laughs> this company is so bad. Uh, Listen to that card. These people are going to kill the – dude, these guys are going to go – Kevin Owens is going to take a huge bump through a fucking ladder, through a bunch of tables and a bunch of – it's like, dude, no one – there's no one there. They're at Tropicana Field in the Thunderdome. <laughs> like, what has happened? So bad. Oh, dear God. ROH Final Battle. That's on Friday. That's also a show. It's on Fight yep. as well. We have a preview up. Uh, Sean Cedar did our uh, preview there at VoicesWrestling.com. Very, very good preview. Nobody knows ROH quite like Sean Cedar does. Um, ROH World Title, Roosh versus Brody King is your main event here. I guess contract situations will determine this, huh? I mean, That's kind of the thing with ROH over the last few I years. I feel so bad about for ROH because they were positioned to have a great year. They mm-hmm. signed all these guys. Yep. And they got nothing out of them, and they had to pay them. And now they're all in a much better position to, with contract leverage to hold Ring of Honor over a barrel if they want them back again. And I just feel so bad for them because they really were positioned to have a good year. And it all got fucking COVIDed away. So what can you do? But I guess if they can get Roosh to stick around, he should win this match. If not, you know, Brody King is a legitimate you know, prospect and a guy that they can maybe fucking elevate. So it's an interesting match. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mentioned Yeah, it's, it's hard to really give a prediction because it's so much dependent on contracts and who's signing and who's staying and all that sort of stuff. So that, that, and like you said, that's unfortunately that's been the way with Ring of Honor is like anytime you're predicting, it's like, well, who's who's leaving and is this guy leaving or whatever? So uh, And there's maybe... no real builds to go off. They just came back like Right, recently. right, right, right. And a lot of that return was the pure tournament and it's hard. It's really hard. I just... I'm so gutted for the con because I really think they were poised to have a really right, and they, and they did the right thing the entire time. They they paid the guys, they were safe, they did all sort of stuff, and it ended up you know kind of really fucking them in the end, more so than almost yeah. every other company. Is yeah. like they should have just fucking ran empty arena shit because now the year's up, contracts are up, and they got nothing. They they they, they did nothing this year. It was a completely lost year uh, for Ring of Honor. I mean, yeah, more power to them. They did this, but yeah, in the end, they might regret that they were you know that they think followed about, the rules and did about, the right the right thing. Think about Dragon Lee. He had a contract at Ring of Honor. He just signed a a contract with New Japan. And Ring of Honor, New Japan, and The Crash all shut down this year. And he he hasn't worked a match since February. Oh, my God. You're right. Yeah. (laughs) You're right. He he signed everywhere to have a huge year. 
And he was poised to have a breakout year. And he hasn't wrestled a match since February 29th. Anyway. Man. Uh, ROH world title, uh, tag team title here. Uh, Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham versus uh, Mark Briscoe and PCO. It's just no build. I mean, like it just matches. Like it's hard. Yeah, yeah you got to be like, hey, that's a. Uh, and it's not their fault. Those They've are good wrestlers, but yeah, you can't. I mean, Gresham's doing double duty on this show because uh, he's yeah. got the, the the tag title and the pure title, so he's doing double duty. A bunch duty. of guys couldn't. A bunch of guys couldn't work it because right. they showed up with COVID. So it's it, that became a disaster too. Mm-hmm. Uh, ROH World TV Title Dragon Lee, as you said, defending the title against the winner of the opening four way. So there's a four way match at the uh, in the pre show, uh, which is Tony Deppen, uh, LSG. Uh, Josh Woods and Dake, uh, Dake, <laughs> Tack Draper. Uh, I, I assume that's going to be Tony Deppen, but I guess it could be Josh Woods. Probably, but I, I, I would, I'd guess well, Tony again, Deppen, but whoever, we'll see. Yeah, whoever's under contract, right? I mean, you know, you're not going to push a guy who's not under contract or whatever, and you just, you know, you see it. it at least it's four new faces. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's, you know, so from that perspective. But I would presume whoever. I don't know that Deppen is signed or not, so I don't. I don't know. That's true. Yeah. Uh, a match that I am absolutely not looking forward to. A grudge tag team match here. Matt Taven and Mike Bennett versus The Righteous, Vincent and Bateman. So, I mean, look, I don't love the kingdom, but Mike Bennett landed on his feet. I mean, you figured at some point he'd be back. We talked about that, you know, when he was trying to get out of WWE. So, um, it's Bateman and who? Uh, Bateman and, uh, and and Vincent. And Vincent, yeah. I, I I was into the Vincent before they shut down. I liked what they were doing with him. And he's got his own little unit here. The Righteous. Right? With, yeah, the Righteous. Vita Von Starr, Bateman. Yeah, it's it's yeah. like a spooky thing, you know, and without the f- theatrics. They're just like goth guys. Yeah, they're I just guess. like creepy um, goth guys, basically. Yeah. Yeah, they're not doing magic tricks like Bray or fucking or, or uh, uh, who's the uh, Rosemary. None of that bullshit. They're just, you know, they're, they're fucking creeps. So um, and there's obviously a grudge there because he had let he broke up with the, you know, he backstabbed Taven and broke up with him and now Bennett is back so there's a match with a little bit of a story even though they haven't had a year you know at least that match has some story right and he came back and he put him through a table and that sort of there's there's definitely a story there and and I appreciate them trying to tell the story it's just yeah it's gonna be tough with you know Matt I mean those are a lot of names that I don't really want to see wrestle ever but you know uh, it is what it is. So, uh, Pure Rules is for the ROH Pure Championship here. Jonathan Gresham defending his title against Flip Gordon. So, that should be pretty fun. I'm yeah, that and, and Bateman, just going back quickly, Bateman is one of those guys like Slex, the business, who had just signed with Ring of Honor, and they had their years wiped out when they were about to get their breakout. Yeah. And Tyler Bateman's a guy who's been waiting years for a breakout. Yeah, I know. It sucks. And, it's and just a lost year. Guy, just completely lost. And Slex is a guy that I've been putting over out of the Australian scene. And uh, well, selects the business, and and he, you know, him too, and he's back in Australia, and who knows when they'll get him back, and just it, it just sucks so bad. So yeah, Gresham and Flip Gordon, Flip Gordon, you don't think of as a pure guy, but um, you know, we'll see how he does in the style. Uh, also, a pure rules tag match here. You got uh, Fred Yehi, Wheeler Utah versus uh, Tracy Williams and Rhett Titus. Yeah, it could be good. Yeah, I'm just that one. And then uh, <laughs> I'm curious on your prediction for this one or your uh, your hope in this one. Singles match, Brian Johnson versus Dan Housen with the stipulation that if Dan Housen wins, he will get a Ring of Honor contract. You, you are never what? cheering harder for somebody named Brian Johnson as you are on this night well, here. So. I mean, we know that he's already signed. So that's – well, maybe you didn't know that. No, but no, that no, takes it's, a it's, it's, it's not a shoot contract. <laughs> right, right. Yes, yes. So um, – <laughs> 
or even the idea of yeah, it's like we know that he's signed. Right, so right, right. no matter what happens here, he's not going anywhere. But look, you want to do Danhausen in your prelims and keep him there, you live with it. Um, you know, it's like up and down the card. That's where I'm going to have a problem. Um, I, I and and you know, to be fair, what I've seen of him in Ring of Honor was actually kind of entertaining. It's not bad. Yeah, I, I, I think if, if anyone's going to make it work, it's 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 you know a more professional company. It's going to reel him in a little bit. He might have some ideas, yeah. and that's fine. Like he, he's obviously a very creative guy, and and, and we we've that's never said he's all we've always said he's a hard worker in terms of getting himself over, publicizing himself, getting on Twitter, getting on like doing a lot of the hard work of, of of promoting himself. There's no question that he's done a great job of promoting himself. He's got a lot of really cool ideas. But yeah, you said maybe he's a guy that would be better with. A filter and not just, hey, do whatever you want. Who cares? You're on the show. Knock yourself out for 20 minutes, you know, which is what happens on most indies. Or just doing the tequila spot on every show. Right, 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 right. Fans want to see like like you're saying he can do he he can have more direction from the top instead of shooting his own angles and all that, because you get no direction on today's indie scene. It's a fucking it's just do whatever you want. You know, it's just directionless. So and what I've seen of him in Ring of Honor, it's the best of him. He's actually kind of funny. I'll be honest. It's just, I'm so tired of him on all these indie shows I watch. Cause it's the same bullshit every time mm-hmm. it's, it's overdone. It's the tequila thing. It was never entertained to begin with. Um, so you, you live with it here on the prelims like this little comedy match. It's fine. Joe, that's it. We did it. We did it right at th- right every around three comedy. hours, three hours and one minute. We went one minute over, but we fucking did it. We covered Literally like twelve topics. It's fucking ridiculous, but we did a classic, classic flagship here. So I'm proud of proud of you for keeping this thing on track. Proud of us for 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 just this awesome show. So a really, really good show here, if I do say so myself. Anyway, uh, that is it here for Voices of Wrestling. Uh, stay tuned. We might do a show next week. Obviously, with the, the holiday, it's going to be tricky. We were not going to record on a Thursday because I believe that's isn't that, that's Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. I forget. We, we'll see. We don't know what we're going to do. We're going to figure it out. Uh, we won't have a show on Thursday or Friday though with Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Uh, but we'll see if what we can do about maybe earlier in the week. But we don't want to say anything official, official yet uh, until we figure out what's going to happen because Joe's got to buy all of his gifts still. So uh, even though that's probably going to take like two hours. So uh, anyway, <laughs> voiceofwrestling.com slash Amazon for your last minute gifts, of course, uh, as well. But that is it for us. So uh, voiceofwrestling.com for all the previews and reviews of the shows we've been talking about. Uh, Patreon.com slash voiceofwrestling for all of our premium stuff. Thursday TV reviews, the retro best of the Super Juniors, instant reactions, all the other good stuff going on there. I'm going to do an NBA Intelligentsia coming up to uh, preview the Christmas Day games uh, in the NBA. So plenty of stuff there at patreon.com uh, slash voices of wrestling. And that is it for us. So for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Krejci. We'll see you next time on the Voice of Wrestling flagship podcast. Take care.